Had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute. I know you. You got the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy is good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos and motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. <laughs> All right, all right, all right, all right. Welcome, everybody. It is Friday, December 16th. This is the Mike Rutherford Show coming to you from the University of Louisville College of Business Studios. It's the remote U of L College of Business Studios once again today here in lovely Jeffersonville, Indiana. You want to find out how you can get your MBA and feel like you're being paid to do so in the process? Visit business.louisville.edu. We're here from three to six today. 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming all over the land. You know it better as the Big X. And folks, we have, you say this a lot at the beginning of shows, and you don't really mean it. Today, we mean it. We have a gigantic show lined up for you because we have a gigantic weekend of Cardinal Athletics ahead of you. We're going to have Jeff Brom on today. We're going to have new UofL head football coach Jeff Brom on. We were originally scheduled to make that happen at 3.15. The man is busy. He's out there making plays. He's trying to get UofL football back, so we had to push it back. We're not exactly sure when it's going to happen at this point. We're still very much uh, touch and go here, but he will come on the show to talk about his first week on the job. Uh, we're also going to have Keith Wynn on at some point. We're still not sure about that. We have to figure out what's going on. I love Keith. But we got to figure out what's going on with Jeff before we get uh, Keith scheduled in there. And then regardless of all that, We've got so much to look forward to ahead. We've got Cardmageddon tomorrow. We're going to talk about last night's volleyball game, which now turns into tomorrow night's volleyball game, where Danny Busboom, Kelly, and company will play Texas for a national championship. Tomorrow's schedule, 11 a.m., Fenway Bowl versus Cincinnati, 2 p.m., FAMU basketball game at the KFC Yum Center, 8 p.m., national championship volleyball match against Texas. We will talk about all that. And also, oh, by the way, Trevor Kelsey's going to eat a salad. He said he would do it. He's made good. He had his plans lined up today. We were going to be at the uh, the typical Taylorsville Road studio. He'd picked out a salad. He'd picked out a place. That got all blown to crap because we had to come over here to Jeffersonville. So now he's going to have to act on the fly and have somebody deliver a salad. But he has confirmed I'm he's going, going on, to make this happen. Going on DoorDash now? They have a salad category on here. I'm sure they do. What kind of sociopath order on this place? Some people like salads. I guess so. So I need to find a good salad place. I want somebody that, ooh... Oh, the place I liked was is available up here. What's that? Tell me what you think of Green District Salads. That's the official salad company of U of L Athletics. Is it really? That's perfect. We've That's... had that has been brought up many times on the show. Everybody says Green District Salads is like the official U of L salad. So this could this works perfect. Oh crap! I had my home address in here. That's why it came up. Well, I was about let's, to say. Let's, let's hope it comes up for up here too as well. I was about to say the world's working in perfect harmony. But I know. Apparently I was not. about to get so excited too because I, I even looked up the salad I was going to order because they have a build your own. I was on there last night, like kind of getting getting a feel of what I wanted to do. 
That's okay. Oh, it's too far away for this. Ah, darn it. We'll figure it out. We have a long show. All right. As long as it happens before 6 o'clock. Well, if I were to hit in this hour, I figured I'd get here by, like, what, 4 or 4.30 at the latest? Yeah, we, for sure. Yeah. We'll be fine. Again, we might, because we have a, a loaded show today, we may need to save that for the, the end. You eating the salad may guarantee a trio of victories tomorrow, which is what we're all looking for. We're looking for a perfect week. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. I put the new address in, and it's coming back up, and it is available in this area as well. There we go. Perfect. The world Sweet. works in mysterious ways. We're going the, the, to... The stars are aligning... Jeff has come home. We're home with the OGs. We're going to have keep talking about football. It's going to be an awesome weekend. Louisville's winning two in a row. We're beating Cincinnati. I'm going to get a salad. I mean, it's all happening. It's, it, I, 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 there's a good chance I may get late this weekend. I can't think of anything else to top the, the, the proverbial cherry on the life that is greatness that, that's going on for me. Let's not push it too far. Well, the powers of the Dalai Lama. I didn't say, I didn't say someone was going to be with me when the happened. powers, <laughs> the powers of the Dalai Lama and the Dalai Brahma can only extend oh, so far. And there's a Christmas party on Sunday. There is. I'm not going to be able to go. Hey, things are getting better. Yeah, I know. There you go. <laughs> it's uh, Mary's going to the Jack Harlow concert. Uh, uh, hold up! Hold up! Hold up! Hold up! Hold up! Hold up! We're getting we're getting dumped again. We're yeah. ghosted once more. Yeah. So your wife can go out to the Harlow party and you can just you can just chill at home. Why don't you bring the kids? Well, I'm not staying at home. I, I, had, I had other plans that I'd already forgotten about. Well, bunch, so where are you going? I'm going to meet friends. That isn't us. No, sorry. It was I forgot it was already on the register. It's already on the calendar. You're just showing your own today. I'm I'm, I'm boycotting you. For we a got while. Jeff coming on the show. You got a salad to eat. This is a big show for you. We need you here. We need you making plays. You are here on time. You're not asleep, which is good. It's a step up. <laughs> Uh, Ooh, I have to pick. Well, you're gonna need. I'm gonna need your help on this salad because I got to pick out like what 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 lettuce to use. I don't know the difference. What's what's purple cabbage and napa cabbage? I you don't. I think you just. When want, I'm like, picking between purple and napa greens, it's a completely different mindset. What I use. I don't think you want the purple. I don't. I don't think you want. I think you want just standard greens. You need like the, there's nothing standard. Wild rice, romaine, iceberg, spinach, kale. Kale in it when you pull off the bottom of you the boat? You don't want kale in your salad. I just want romaine, right? I think you're a romaine man. I'm feeling romaine, too. Romantic. <laughs> 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line, by the way, if you want to text in. Make sure you're downloading that refreshing rewards app. It's going to save you money every time you need to fuel up outside at one of the area 16,554 Thornton's locations. Or if you need to go inside, grab yourself uh, some coffee in the morning, grab yourself some donuts, grab yourself some treats during the midday. That's going to save you money with that refreshing rewards app every time you stop into an area Thornton's locations. And then when you're done with that, text us at 502-414-1450. We'll start. I, I never would have guessed that we would be starting a, a Louisville sports radio show on the eve of a bowl game against a longtime rival that we have not played in almost a decade. I never would have guessed that we'd be starting the show with volleyball talk, but here we are. I think Ooh, that's what, I don't think we have a choice. I think we have night, to. Man. Did, you stay, did you stay up to almost 1 a.m.? I did. I'm hurting. I'm paying for it today. I have a vicious headache after you know, still kind of dealing with the, the COVID long effects and, and, and all that stuff. I've been better because I've been sleeping more. And today, I've, I'm, I'm hurting a little bit. I'm feeling the effects. My head is pounding. But very much worth it because, well, first of all, let me say Ridiculous that they set us the two East Coast teams playing the late match. What are we doing here? San Diego's playing the early game. San Diego's playing at four o'clock their time. Texas is playing at five o'clock their time. It, they're in Central Time in Omaha. We got the two East Coast teams getting started at like ten p.m. And you knew like right when it starts, I'm like, maybe, maybe you know, maybe we'll sweep after the first set. I'm like, maybe we'll sweep. And then when 
pit takes the second set. I'm like, this thing's going past midnight. This is this is going to be bad. And that's exactly what wound up happening. But if you're staying up that late, it could be worse. Because if you're staying up that late, you want to make sure that your team at least wins. And thank God they made that happen last night. So, like, I'm, you know, we're, we're counting it down. Mary is putting Virginia down, like, right as the match is starting. Virginia's up way too late. And she's like, I'll be out there. I'm excited to watch. Just keep me updated. What happens with the first set? Did, did you get a little excited knowing that the Texas finished them off before five, thinking, okay, we're going to get in here maybe early? No, I knew it was going to be late. But it was like, even though they finished off before five, we still started at like 940. Yeah, because it had to be 30 minutes after the, the first match was over. But I text, like, like Mary comes out to, she's like, Virginia's still awake, blah, blah, blah. Like, while the first set's happening, it's, it's close to ending. And I'm like, I'll text you and let you know what goes down. So I text her after the first set. I'm like, we win 25, 18, no response. I'm like, Oh, she's done. She's out. She's, she's done for. So I'm out there by myself watching the, the rest. And I'm thinking, you know, when we're up 16, 10 in the fourth set, when we're up 22, 20 in the fourth set, I'm like, we're good. I, I'm, I'm starting to write the story. We're going to be asleep. You know, not that late. It's not going to be a, a terrible night. Plus who cares how late it is. We're going to the ship. We're, we're going to the national title match. We're going to play Texas. This is great. I thought you almost cussed for a second. No. We're going to the ship. Yeah, we go into the ship, uh, and then things fall apart. Like U of L, who already was a little bit on shaky ground after having that six point lead, they start to do things they haven't done all night. Like you've got just timing being off. You've got you know, sets being behind the outside hitters. You, you've got outside hitters missing wide, and it just it, it kind of collapses. Pitt wins five straight points, and the difference in the demeanor between the two teams after that four set. I, I don't know if you were the same as I was. I'm kind of thinking, oh, bleep. This feels like the, the Louisville-Oregon match, but the reverse, where you know we come back, they've got match point, it seems like they've got things at hand in the fourth set, we storm back to win, we've got all the momentum in the world, we blitz them in the fifth because they feel like they've lost their chance, and I'm like, I don't know if these, if these women are going to be able to have short-term memories. I don't know if they're going to be able to put this behind them. Pitt has all the momentum in the world, they're going nuts, our ladies look a little bit shell-shocked, and I end up, I wake Mary up. I'm like, fifth set's happening if you want to come watch it. She comes out and we watch together. And, like, there's no drama. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm, I've been on pins and needles this entire match. I'm terrified. Like, I'm living and dying with every point. The fifth set comes along. And after we get out to the 3-0 lead, it's basically drama-free. We, you know, we, 3-0 becomes 8-0. 8-0 becomes, what, 13-2. And then 13-2 becomes 15-2. It was There was never any sort of point in that fifth set where you felt like you were being challenged. They looked like the ones who just you know had victory snatched away in the fourth set. Anna DeBeer was tremendous, especially serving. Like, like they could not... They could not handle her serve at all. Same with Elena Scott. She was key in the in, in the third set when Louisville came back uh, to win that. Um, I mean, Claire Chausse is an All-American for a reason. She was tremendous. She had 25 kills, the most in the match. It was just, I mean, 19 blocks total for the team, the most that they've had all season long. It was just... 11 of them to call. DK was just a... a PK was an absolute beast. Um, and she, you know, to be fair, like, talking about, like, the resolve of this team... She struggled at the end of the fourth set. She was one of the primary contributors to Louisville looking a little bit shaky. And then she comes out and has six blocks all by herself in the fifth set. It's just the resolve of this team is unbelievable. They're so, they're so much fun to watch. They carry themselves with such confidence. You can tell they have so much enthusiasm for the game. You can tell how much they feed off of Danny Busboom Kelly. And I could not be more excited. And I look, look, if you're not a volleyball person, that's fine. Like I'm not sitting here pretending like I'm an expert who's grown up following the game or you know play the game outside of just casually with friends. But if you watch a match, and I saw so many people saying this last last night, you're gonna get hooked. Like like you will be it moves quickly. 
it's like they're so good at what they do. The athleticism is is unbelievable. The passion is unbelievable. The spirit in the in the the sport is so unbelievable. And I could not be more excited that we get one more opportunity to watch these ladies do what they do on Saturday night. I, I could like lot to look forward to tomorrow. That's at the top of my list. I'm very very pumped to watch DBK and company go for their first national title. I still couldn't tell you the exact name of the positions. It's fine. I can watch. I watched that entire all five sets, including the last actually last set of the Texas San Diego game. Getting into it, um, and listen to the commentary. And I still it, it, there was moments where I didn't know if they were speaking English or Sanskrit to me. I, I did not understand a word to half the stuff they were saying. They could have been making things up. All that said, I. There's no. I have no. I had more fun watching that than I had anything else in a while. It's great. Than watching Louisville win a basketball game. It's just. I mean, back and forth. The emotions of ups and highs, and you're going up six and the you're ups up six, and the ten, highs. You're up ten. You're like, <laughs> say what? The ups and the highs. The ups and the highs. <laughs> I mean, you're never coming down when it comes to volleyball. It's just ups and highs. It's just ups and highs. There's no. There's no lows. I mean, it's just. I was. I, I was into it. I was on the edge of my seat. I'm looking up. It's like 11:45. I'm like. I know. I mean, I'm I'm getting into this match. I mean, I mean, I, do I know anything? I mean, I know enough to know that when, when something a ball is landing in bounds, whether it counts for a point or not. Beyond that, I don't know a lick of any rule. You know, they're they're, they're I, I know now that it's it's very common to, to use challenges that you know are going to be are going to be overturned to get a free timeout in yeah, volleyball, which is smart. Which is, which is yeah, they're going to make that a rule. Do it. I mean, they, like they they were and they kept doing the replays on a few. I'm like, why are you even bother showing me the replay? Clearly, you know, we called the, time, the challenge to do an extra timeout. They did the same in yeah. the fifth set. Their coach, who looks like a creepy youth pastor. He does. He looks like somebody that would, like, you don't want to get locked in the back of the laboratory in high school with. He also, I don't know if you caught this. I know I tweeted it out. He sounds just like Jeff Walls, like his voice. I didn't even know. I heard him Very do similar after the second set, but I didn't do it. He does not look like Jeff Walls. He looks like mega church youth pastor who's a little too close to some of the kids. He looks like Stanley Tushy playing, like, the bad, creepy villain. It's, it's not great. Like, whatever the look is, it's not fantastic. Although I will say, like, Mary pointed this out after watching. We watched most of Texas San Diego, and, and we, you know, we were there for, for Louisville, Oregon on Saturday. There's this weird dynamic where the male head coaches in volleyball dress like they're, like, just at, at a practice. They've got, like, the, the the casual, the athleisure pants and, like, the little pullover, and the women are all, you know, they're dressed up like like bas- women's basketball coaches in the pantsuits and the, you know, all, all the stuff. And Mary's like, why are the women coaches dressed up and the men's coaches aren't? At least the pit coach was was wearing a shirt and tie. Like he that was, was yeah. that was different. Well, it's final four. Fi- yeah, I mean final four. But, <laughs> yeah, I gotta bring it, you know. <laughs> but I mean the 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 Sandy the, the Texas coach was not uh, the the male coach for Texas was wearing his you know tracksuit, and I'm sure he'll be wearing the same on Saturday night. But like that's just a little bit of an interesting dynamic. I mean, there. I mean they're not used to this much, much TV coverage, probably on a regular basis. The price is going in casually, and here they are now. But it's. I'm excited. Saturday, it's at four. Is it four o'clock? Eight o'clock. I'm gonna be early. Uh, so he's just—he's getting the party started early. It's when he starts tailgate. Uh, that's when I start getting ready for volleyball, baby. Uh, so I mean, I'm, I'm yeah, I'll be watching. I still don't like I said. I, I know setter, and I know I know the kill, and I know spikes, and I know blocking now thanks to thanks to Con. Now you know the one, and I, and I know the one who wears the different colored shirt. Do you know what that position is? Oh, called? it's like a libre or something. The libero, libero. Yeah. I always say libero, and it's it's libero. I, I keep wanting to call him a liberal, but you know, uh, but so yeah, I knew I knew it was something with an L. I knew that, but yeah, it's but I you know it doesn't matter because you don't have to understand. You can understand just the basic of <laughs> if the ball lands inside the blue, it's it's a point for the other team. You know, if it goes out of the blue, but you knocked it. 
You touched it first. It counts to the point, yada, yada, yada. If you have the base knowledge, you're going to yeah, be good. If you have the base knowledge of how scoring works, and, that, and anybody who watches normal sports can get a base knowledge of how scoring works, then all the other rules, it doesn't matter. You just know that you need to keep the ball up, and that's, and that's, and, and that's the fun part of it. It reminds me a little bit of, and you and I have talked about this before, how we both grew up being like kids that were like, oh, soccer sucks, you know, soccer's are for losers. And, and then when I got to high school, like so many of my close friends played soccer, and I went to all the matches. It was fun, support them. But I still didn't really know the rules. So I would just, when the, like when the official blew the, the whistle and gave the ball to the other, I would just boo. I'm like, if they gave the ball to the other team, I'm like, no, come on. When in doubt, boo the ref. That's exactly. Like, do, I didn't know what was going on, but I still had so much fun watching them because it, you know, it moved fast. And it's kind of, I think I know more, certainly I've, I've learned more about soccer over the years, and I think I know more about volleyball now than I did then. But there are still, like, I still don't really understand the substitution rules. But you don't, like like you said, you don't have to to well, be soccer, living and dying with every three subs all I meant volleyball. Oh, volleyball. Oh, yeah, I couldn't tell you a clue. I, I, I they, they kept using the word dig and I'm like I, I still don't know what a dig is. Dig that, is just like when you're, you're you're when the other team spikes it, the person who like gets it off the the ground like saves it. Okay. That's, a, that's a dig. Wouldn't that also be considered a setter a setter too? No, the set is the person. What who, if you dig it up and it goes up and you spike somebody else spikes it? Wouldn't that be a dig set? It could be, but that's not usually how it works. Okay. Usually, you dig it to keep the po- to keep the point alive. Then the setter makes a play just to the spiker. And I do know you can't you can't put your you can't push it the ball with your arm over the net. You can't cup it. You can't, can't like have no throwing motions. You can't touch the net. The ball can touch the net, but you can't physically touch the net. I learned that. That's correct. Um, other than that, I don't know whether I mean don't let the ball touch the ground on your end. I got called for a we. It, it, I don't even know. I have no idea if they still do this to Holy Trinity, but the big thing in eighth grade, you know, they have like faculty versus students thing. Like in high school, we had a basketball game, but in eighth grade, it was you had a faculty versus eighth grade volleyball game. The whole school came, and the the person who was the like the referee, the really had one, she hated me, and I knew it. And she called me for a like like the uh, cupping the ball, and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" I was like, "It's a faculty versus students game. Get out of my face!" Like I I spiked it, and she was like, "No, touch." I was like, "Illegal touch." I was like, <laughs> "Get out of my face." Whatever. I'm glad to say that we are the. That's first. That's always I know the rule. We're now the first. Well, I know just from last night's replay because that was one of the that was one of the ones that the Louisville pulled called the replay on for a uh, to get a free timeout for the net. There's, no, the the cupping. The oh yeah, somebody we got called for it a few times. Yeah, or maybe it was we got called for. I don't remember now off the top of my head. It was late last night, uh, but it was fun. And now, well, I remember these rules when we're making this run next year and some of the positions. I'll probably forget a lot of it by next year because I'll watch it on Saturday and then I won't watch anymore until next year around this time. But when we're making another run for a championship and going for our second title. But, you know, it's, it doesn't matter. I, I mean, like I said, I, you know, it took me a while to learn the ins and outs of soccer and then to be able to know all the positions and the rules for that. And I do now, I now know all that stuff. Of course, playing FIFA doesn't hurt as well. But, you know, it, it, you don't need, like you said, you don't need to know. It's such a fast-paced game. It's such just, it, I mean, it keeps you on the edge of your seat nonstop. Still, the only rule I don't I don't like is the 15 points in the final set. Like, I, you're going to the final set. Why make it smaller? I still don't get that. I was fine with it last night. Well, I, I get that. And when, and when you're Louisville dominating a final set up to 15 points. And quickly, also, I was ready for bed. It's I'm nice. Like, come on. I wasn't. I had nothing else really to do. Well, yeah, you don't go to sleep till like 5 a.m. anyway. <laughs> so now this sets up a, a Saturday night matchup. ESPN2 has a TV coverage, by the way, where it's very much the perennial powerhouse in the sport. Versus the newcomer. I mean, Louisville, you couldn't have watched last night's match and not heard the fact because they hammered at home so many times. Louisville, the first team from the ACC to ever make it to a national championship really? game. Really? I didn't know that. I know. It was, yeah, they're like, they're guaranteed to have one. I mean, it is crazy. Like, ACC volleyball, when Louisville was making the move to the conference, you certainly knew it was going to be a step up in a number of sports. Um, 
you know, baseball was the big one that stood out. Like, you know, we're going from a conference in the Big E slash AAC that is not a baseball conference to maybe the best conference in the entire country. Um, you knew some of the other Olympic sports. I mean, soccer is very good in the ACC. Lacrosse on the women's side is very good. Field hockey is very good. But volleyball was one where you're like, mm, this is this is not exactly a gigantic step up in competition. The ACC is not known as being a volleyball powerhouse, and it still isn't. But Louisville and a couple of the other programs, namely Pitt, have really emerged to be gigantic players on the national scene. I mean, that was the cool thing about winning last night, too, was you're not just beating – you're beating your arch rival. Like, they have kind of emerged as the equivalent for volleyball as Vandy and baseball, where, you know, Louisville and Pitt have shared the last – you know, they've, they've won the last six ACC titles. They, last year, both played in the, the Final Four for the first time in program history – this year they go 17-1 and one in conference play. They both beat the other on the other's home floor for their only conference loss, and now they're playing in a national semifinal for the right to be the first ACC team to play in the national championship. So you've got that with Louisville. You've got Pitt, who's won three national titles before. They've played uh, in the national championship match, I believe, a total of like eight times. Uh, they were the runner-up in 2020. They were the runner-up in 2016. They were the runner-up in 2015. They have This is a proud program that has not won a national championship since 2012. They feel like they're due. And they also have a little bit of, you know, I, I know that most of the players from both of those teams are gone, but there's still a little bit of lingering, I think, bad blood on the, the Texas side. They remember the fact that we came into their building in 2019 yeah, and did. snapped there. Like, they had been to, I believe – something ridiculous like they had not missed a regional final since 2005 when we came into their building and beat them on their home floor in the sweet 16 and it was their first home loss in the ncaa tournament since like 1970 something so like i'm sure their coaching staff still remembers that i'm sure some of the players that are around still remember that and you know i think we have one or two players who were on that team that weren't playing a huge role they maybe have a little bit of extra confidence going into that match but it's very much the the perennial powerhouse versus the new kid on the block Saturday night. And I watched most of the, the Texas San Diego match last night. And again, like I, I'm not sitting here claiming to be any sort of volleyball expert. I'm, I'm certainly a novice fan, but just watching it, even when San Diego won the first set, you were like, okay, Texas is way better. Like they're, they're clearly the superior team. San Diego's fighting. Texas is making a few mistakes. I feel like this is going to even out and the better team is going to prevail. And certainly they did. They're the number one overall seed for a reason. Like Louisville is, this is the first time in the NCAA tournament that they are going into a match as a decided underdog. The Longhorns are supposed supposed to get it done. They've been the best team in the country for most of this season. They have the, the championship DNA, all that good stuff. If Louisville is going to win its first national title, they're certainly going to earn it. Like this is going to be like, you know, back in the day, Louisville beating Duke and UCLA to get its first two national titles in men's basketball. Like this is to be the best, got to beat the best, and Louisville yeah. will have to beat the best on Saturday night. Woo! Uh, I mean, Texas has lost, so don't they? They lost, I think, two or three times this I mean, year. We've only lost twice. We lost twice, but they one play the pit and one. Who's other lost to? Ohio State. Ohio State. Okay. Beat us early in the season, and the pit loss, to be fair, was without Anna DeBeer. She was out for those those twelve matches. We didn't have Anna DeBeer. I, I hit you so much because I, I it was in my head all last night. <laughs> like every time she was doing something great, I was it's like, "Catchy, isn't uh, it?" Anna Anna DeBeer, <laughs> I was like, "Damn it, Trey. don't you know I love when you ace." <laughs> she was awesome last night. She, she is a, she is a certified badass. I also loved after the after the match they had the which they didn't show on TV. They went right to Sports Center because God forbid we keep Scott Van Pelt waiting for five more minutes. <laughs> but they posted it online. Get his beauty sleep. He's he's got, he's, 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 he was already like an hour late anyway. He's already he's at home. They moved him back home. He's fine. Um, That's at home. 
No, he, yeah, he moved to Maryland. They moved sports. Oh, there I thought he like the still like, man, that's in his basement. That's what hell of a man. No, can. no, he's but he's <laughs> he's close to home now. So they did. Kenny George did. By the way, Texas has one loss this season. I think it was. To, I want to say it was to Iowa State because I just remember that they were they lost and we were going to be number one in the country. Yes, it was to Iowa State back in October nineteenth. Uh, since then, they have been. They've been dominant. They've been dominant in the NCAA tournament as well. They, uh, I mentioned we lost to Ohio State. They beat Ohio State in the, the regional final 3-1. to one. They've only dropped three sets this entire NCAA tournament, uh, and they've never, they have not been pushed to five sets once. So, it's a, again, it's going to be a monumental task for the Cards on Saturday they night. They haven't even been to five sets except they have, for their loss. They have well, not, I guess even in their loss, they didn't have to go five sets. They have not been. Well, they, in their loss, they did go five sets to Iowa State. But that's oh. – in the NCAA tournament, they've only oh, I got you. They well, their only other five setter was against Kansas all the way back in September. So they've been pushed to five sets uh, just twice this entire season, and only one loss. And they're they're really really good. There's no way around it. But the cool, mo- I thought the coolest moment of last night was the Katie George interviewing Danny Buspum Kelly and Claire Chasse. And first of all, I mean Katie George, instrumental in building Louisville up. Uh, as a powerhouse, kind of laying that foundation in the, the the last decade when Louisville was was good, but not national title good so she's interviewing dbk they remind you of that on, as much as they can for sure uh, danny buspin kelly is you know she's saying all the right things she's you know she's talking about the uh, you know the, the championship dna she's talking about how the team plays so well together and they go to claire she'll say who's just a, a total wreck like she's just she's crying she can't get worse she's like i and she ends it with just like i'm just so happy that i came to louisville and got to play for coach danny and it just like it reminded me of that moment in the after the elite eight win in the women's basketball ncaa tournament last year where Emily Angstler is asked about you know, coming to Louisville and playing for Jeff Walls, and she like almost can't get through the answer because she's so, cho- so choked up thinking about Walls and everything that she's done for her and how she's a player coach. And, man, it just drives home. We have some really, really special head coaches in our athletic program right now. Uh, Walls, McDonald, Busbum Kelly, now Jeff Brom's back. People are excited about that. But, like, these have become – and I I know that you know the, the, the Danny Buspin Kelly she's going to go to Nebraska when the, I think the coach's name is Jeff Scott whenever he calls it a career you've seen the support that she's gotten this week in Omaha from from Lincoln natives who remember her as a player and that's fine but for right now look she's ours she's built this program up she clearly cares about Louisville she's clearly she's cut from that same cloth as McDonald and Walls and Ken Lola was back in the day is just having these incredible connections with with her players and it's. Like you said, like it's just so fun to follow and so fun to watch, even if you are a novice fan who doesn't really know what's going on. Yeah, I, I agree one hundred percent. Now I couldn't like yeah, I couldn't break down strategies, and they're talking about how Pitt does this well and Louisville does this well, and the back line and front line and moving around and yada yada. It was all going over my head, and I'm six foot three, which is a pretty good accomplishment, but it, like it didn't matter. Like it was, st- it was still. I mean, just how fast it is. How I mean, the 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 flag goes back and forth, the momentum shifting. Just not once, but two, three times in a set. I mean, it's hard not to get into it. I mean, it's really not. I mean, I guess if you, you know, if you're not a fan of one of the two schools, may, maybe I can see where you wouldn't get into it as much. But if you're a fan of any school, if, if you're a fan of and your team is in the situation, whether it be even a regular season game or or the you know the hype of this tournament, it's it's hard. I I I, I, dare you, I mean, you, you don't have a pulse if you're not getting into it. Yeah. I mean, you might literally want to make sure and check to see if you're still alive. I enjoyed seeing people saying that, you know, I listened to you on the podcast or listened to you on the radio show, and it convinced me to, to watch this, and now, like, couldn't be having more fun. That's fun. I mean, I got sport. into it last year. I got upset, of course, when we lost last year. Yeah. I, I, you know, I didn't I didn't watch much of the regular season. I, you know, I'd follow it as you would give us updates as the season goes along. You know, I, if there was a game on TV, I think the UK one, maybe I watched 
if I think I remember right this season. But and, and, the, same, and, and the same goes, you know, is every season. I'm not going to watch it thoroughly, but I still want to. I'm still want to follow it from afar. And, and when when they do make their tournament runs, I'm you know call me a bandwagon if you want, but I'm gonna jump on that bandwagon. I'm gonna hold on tight. And I'm gonna ride it all the way to a championship. We've got uh, we have other things to get to. We, obviously, we've got a Fenway Bowl now in less than 24 hours to talk about. I still uh, don't know who to bet. Cards taken on Cincinnati. Louisville is a two-point favorite at the moment. We've got a couple of updates there. The, the players and the coaches, uh, Dion Branch and company, met with the media today. We'll talk about what they said. We'll also take some of your texts on the Thornton's text line here at 502-414-1450. First break coming up here. We'll keep it locked right here on 1450 and 961, the Big X. Boston. More than a feeling, kind of gave it away Aerosmith, a little bit. And then we've got who's from Boston. There you go. And then we've got one other band that's from Boston. I'm mixing there, too. It's a little 3B. Are there any rappers from Boston? Uh, Well, the other one's an R&B group. Okay. I don't know if there's not. That's a good question. Are there rappers from Boston? I'm just looking it up right now. There are, but none that I've ever heard of. Not. I wonder if that means they're popular or not. Exactly. Like this, it, it, back in the day, I would be like, well, if I haven't heard of them, then they can't be that cool. Now I'm like, this may be the most popular rapper in the well, world. I've first never of all, just because you haven't heard of them doesn't mean they're actually cool. <laughs> I mean, it's just, that, well, popular. Yeah. That, well, that still doesn't. Well, you don't think anything's cool, so. I don't. I'm, I'm, I know. I'm very uncool. Who, who's some on the top of the list on the Boston rappers? Uh, Slane, who looks like a white Bubba Sparks type rapper. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know who that is. Why does that not? Why does that like? I think of Boston rappers. Somebody that looks like Bubba Sparks kind of comes to mind. Yeah, I I can see that. (laughs) Cousin Stiz, no idea. (laughs) Guru, who's dead now? Apparently. Oh, sorry, Guru. Uh, Happy. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. This is. I don't know. You're right. I don't know those names. Benzino. I mean, at least Louisville has like Jack Harlow and Nappy Roots, right? Yeah, well, I mean, we're we're crushing Boston yeah. when it comes to Boston prominent rappers. Jack on us, man. Uh, we've got to. I mean, it is Fenway Bolt Eve. Cards taking on Cincinnati tomorrow at 11 a.m. on ESPN. Still hard to really get a gauge on, on this game. I like that we we finally heard from Brock Doman. We heard from some of the players. We heard from Dion Branch today, and you know, Dion was talking about. He hopes that all of these, you know, we have 12 quality control coaches that are working this game. We have three permanent assistants from the the actual 2022 regular season staff. So there better be zero problem with the quality, right? We're going to be very controlled. You can be very, very quality. That control is going to be of the utmost quality. I think we can we, we can set, sort of. There will be no, no uh, flags for players on the field uh, off the sideline. Rest assured. We'll be the most controlled team in America during bowl <laughs> season. But Deion Branch was talking about how great they've all been, like how this has gone better than he thought it was going to, and how he hopes all these guys get full-time jobs, which is encouraging. Um, I'm still excited to watch the game. I hate that – basically, like, the the keg of nails has become the big star here because all of the best players, the best offensive players certainly, 
on both sides have pulled out of the game. You know, Cincinnati's top offensive weapons, they're not playing. Malik Cunningham, who you know ESPN would have made the focal point of their coverage for Louisville, oh, yeah. has, is not playing in the game. Tyler Hudson's not playing the game. Tyon Evans isn't playing in the game. So and the, neither team has their head coaches from this past season. ESPN's probably very happy this is an 11 a.m. game. So they're just talking about the keg of nails. It, yeah. It's all they keep like the, the keg has become the star of the weekend. And I... It feels weird that it's up for grabs, apparently. like We still haven't gotten any sort of clarity. Um, nobody said definitively that, that the winner gets the keg, and it's the, the 54th time the keg's been up for grabs. I'm assuming it is just because both sides are like talking about it and posting pictures and all this stuff. But it feels it feels strange that this game with a bunch of you know second and third stringers, no coaches, and like you know 11 a.m. at a baseball stadium in Massachusetts is going to have the keg up for grabs, but apparently that's the deal. I don't remember okaying this. Same. I don't. I don't think. No. I think there needs to be. It, it's our keg. If we don't want to put it on the line, then we shouldn't have to. I agree with that. I mean, we can bring it. We can display it. We can rub it in your face. I'm all for all three of those things. But no, there's no. Re- I mean, just win the game. Just and then, yeah. we'll, then we'll make it a big deal. If they win the game, they try to walk off the keg. It's gonna be a fight. I say we. I, amen. I say we 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 go low. We go uh, low on them. We go, we go, we go, we go. The hood of Boston on them. We come at them. You get the Fenway Bowl trophy. We keep the keg. Yeah, you can keep the Fenway Bowl trophy. And if you lose, guess what? You get the Fenway Bowl trophy. We keep the keg. You, you try to take that keg from us, see whether you win this game or not. Don't be shocked if we're not putting your head through the green big green monster. Let's uh, let's take a few texts here. We're still trying to figure out when Jeff Brom's going to be able to come on the show. Originally, he was scheduled to come on at three fifteen. Had something come up to push it back, yep, so we're I'm still wa- watching the phone lines over here. We're still, yeah, he may just call in out of nowhere, and that'll that'll be fine. That's we're, we're, I'm good with that. Uh, people keep people now are saying Marky Mark counts as a Boston rapper. Uh, I guess. Come on, come on. Be the I mean, move it, was, it, move it. I mean, he had he did have a he did have one song, so yeah, I guess. I mean. There's a Boston rapper listening to the show right now who's been working his ass off for 35 years. He's like, really? I mean, new kids Come on, on. The, new kids, new kids on the blocks from Boston. There you go. That, hanging tough was pretty was pretty hip hop ish. That's fine. But of course, and of course, the third band I'll be introducing tonight, which is my one of my favorite groups from Boston, other Aerosmith, is New Edition. Bobby Brown is Bobby Brown kind of a rapper. He's kind from, of. He's yeah. from Boston. Hardcore. Yeah. A lot of people are texting in right now on the text line, wanting us to talk about the fact that uh, Keontae Goodwin. I don't know if you remember him. He was the the, the guy kid. transferred to nine schools. <laughs> exactly, he yeah. was the kid. I mean, everybody, people have known about him locally here since like seventh grade because yep. he was six seven, you know, three hundred sixty pounds. He is a massive human being. Still, was a five star or high four star prospect depending on what service you use. Coming out of high school, uh, committed to Kentucky, played in all twelve games this year, but played sparingly. Was mostly just used on special teams. He announced uh, today that he is entering the transfer portal. Yep. There's all sorts of rumors out there that he may come to Louisville. There's all sorts of rumors. I mean, we've talked about this on the show. There's no point in dancing around it. He was an aspirations gym kid with a, you know led by Chris Vaughn, who's a former Louisville wide receiver. Louisville wide receiver. There has been some divide, very clearly, between Vaughn aspirations and the University of Louisville during the Satterfield era. And in recent weeks, there's been. I mean, he went on a radio station in Owensboro and was just asked straight up about it. There's been all sorts of buzz and chatter. And again, if it's recruiting chatter that's this esoteric, this deep in the weeds, and it gets back to me, then you know a lot of people have heard it, but there's been a lot of chatter that Chris Vaughn has had some sort of split with UK. Like, like I think Matt Jones talked about it on his show. I think some maybe some promises were made to kids that were coming out of his gym that have not been lived up to when they got to UK, and Vaughn is apparently no longer 
as adamant as he used to be that UK is the best destination for some of the kids that, that he is, he's used. Now, Goodwin coming to, to Louisville, I still don't know exactly what to feel about this because Goodwin had a lot of recruiting hype. He never, pl- I don't, I don't think he ever played a full high school season. Like he would play a couple of games <laughs> and then he would sit out and then he'd transfer somewhere else. I still don't know. Like, didn't he start at some like real small school? He started at Holy Cross. Holy Cross, that's what it was. Yeah. Then he went to Ballard. I he think. went to Ballard. I don't think he ever ended up playing for Ballard. Then he went to over school here. in Indiana. Yeah, it was it wasn't was it wasn't Jeff? It was somewhere I can't over remember. Here, yeah. It was really hard to keep track of. And then I think he like was like just getting ready for college and wasn't playing high school football by the end of his his high school career. But look, as bad as UK's offensive line was last year. If Goodman was a legit five-star freshman, if he had the goods to be an NFL player, no pun intended, like you assume he would have seen the field more. Like he, they would have at least given him a shot. I, I'm like, and maybe it was you can say it was the bad coaching or, or just a bad fit or whatever. And, and certainly, if he does come to Louisville, I hope for the best. But I'm not going to go back on. I'm not going to be the, the U of L fan who is like, well, he's not that good when he's going to UK, and like he's the best in the world when he goes to Louisville. Uh, I certainly will take a wait and see approach if that does wind up happening. But certainly, that's a big story that people are going to be talking about, and I, I think it's big for Goodwin himself. But maybe bigger picture, if Jeff Brom is going to be the new preferred local head coach for Chris Vaughn and Aspirations, some of these kids that we have not been getting here locally. I think you can start expecting to see them sticking around and being Cardinals now moving forward. Yeah, I have no problem with Charleston, by the way, high school he went to. Thank you. Um, But, yeah, I mean, whether he – I mean, I didn't really pay attention to what he did last year, how much he played, what he did when he did play. I know he was a freshman nonetheless, so for him to be sporadic and and, and consistent would not be shocking to me – or inconsistent, excuse me. But I would definitely, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I have no problem taking a flyer on a kid. He gets six, eight, two hundred fifty pounds. He's large, three hundred fifty pounds. Excuse me. He's a humongous human being, and what? It's it's a win win. I mean, it, the juice is definitely worth the squeeze when it comes to at least giving him a shot. And if he doesn't pan out, doesn't pan out. He can go somewhere else. He can do whatever. But yeah, if you're if you're Louisville, and I mean, this kid's like, hey, I want to come there and at least you know give it a shot. Then be by all means. Come aboard, buddy. I mean, we you know we'll we'll, we'll free up a couple seats for you because you're probably going to need more than one. I know how it is. I'm with you. I I think that the I mean, if, if he if he comes in, he has a bad attitude. He can go on. I mean, it's I've never heard that that was the ad, the problem. And I don't with think him. it is either. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Whatever the reason. It's just be, people yeah. saying he's not as good as his recruiting ranking would indicate. Has well, been yeah. kind of the chatter, it's, but it's we'll find happens. out. Hey, we'll find out again. If you have that size, if you have the skills to impress at these summer camps the way that he did when he was in high school, then hopefully you have, I mean, you just have to rest your head on the hope that the right coaching can mold that into an, yeah. M- an NFL prospect. Makai Beckham wasn't, I mean, he was what, like a three-star, I think, when he got here. I mean, he was. He was a freak. Like, he was. He was a yeah. freak human being size, as this kid is. And, and athleticism. And we don't know. I mean, maybe just like you said, maybe it's just all about coaching, getting this, the, the, the right mentorship into the and teaching the kid how to do things and when you're that big i mean that's what the saying it goes in basketball football baseball and any other sport you can teach a lot of things but you can't teach size texture says 502-414-1450 i don't know what it is but at the college level i've never ever seen women's players act like they don't care about the game that they are playing men's sports definitely but women's players play with so much passion in all sports i think that's just a Women have more passion than sometimes men, and some. It might be like they, there may be they something show their to emotions that. More, but I think also, I mean, when you're watching men's sports, I mean, look, particularly men's basketball and football, you've got a lot of kids that have been told that they're the greatest thing in the world their entire lives because of how much focus there is on recruiting in those two sports at the high school level, and so yeah, like you probably have some kids who have this, you know, 
God's status in their own minds, and they walk around like they own everything, and you know, there's something to that. Whereas, even the best women's basketball players, which is a, I mean, you know, women's basketball is right there is like that number three sport, probably along with baseball, maybe some others, uh, when it comes to national attention. We, you follow. There's women's basketball recruiting sites. There's stuff like that, but you still don't get the type of attention that you do if you're Imani Bates. Think about him. Like we knew about who he was when he was 13 years old. Yeah. He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated and all that stuff. It's not going to happen in the women's game. Now, like Haley Van Lith was well known in high school. Asia Durr was very well known in high school, but they still like. You, know, you knew Brittany Griner was coming out of high school. You knew Brittany Griner was, but like they it's still kind of like, hard. Not, I mean, she was just. Like, the shack of women's basketball coming out. But there's also, like, in women's sports, there's never this just guaranteed millionaire status. Like, these kids who are in high school, like, first of all, some of them are guaranteed millionaires regardless of what they do in, in, in college, but some of them think that they're going to be and, and have not, I think, distanced themselves or removed themselves from the mentality of being a 15-year-old who's been told you're the greatest thing in the world and you're going to be a millionaire in five years. And I think a lot of times it takes a long time to shake that. But it, like, it, it's a fair point. When you watch, I mean, there's never a moment in any volleyball match where you're like, eh, she's dogging it. Like, she's like <laughs> I, I'm not sure if she cares that much. Like, they're diving for everything. They're going nuts after every point. We need more sports, by the way, where there's a celebration after every single point. Imagine a basketball game where somebody drills a three and they all just congregate at the three-point line and do, like, a little dance. Like, that's that's awesome. I love it. Well, unfortunately, well, sadly, there's some – Players that do do that too much, maybe after a little bit. I want, I want team dances. Maybe and, we'd have more camaraderie. And in those you get you, you get that in soccer. I mean, you do get that in in, in sports, but yeah, but and, there's like two goals in soccer. There's know, like 175 like, points in women's volleyball. In volleyball, yeah, it, definitely you have celebration. The most celebrations after every goal in a sport that has as many much scoring as it does. The volleyball does like you. Like it's like it's like seeing after every tackle, football players celebrating a little bit. I mean, you, you get I want whole team of, celebrations after every tackle, <laughs> after a seven yard completion. A whole team gets together and like congregates and like play not clock, like a huddle. Play clocks move up to like a minute and a half. I mean, yeah. you got you got you got somebody this three yard run right here. Build some chemistry, baby. <laughs> I enjoy it. There's nothing about volleyball that I don't like. It's it's very fun. Texas is Mike. Speaking of volleyball, can you explain the hit percentage? Oh yeah, it's yeah, my understanding is why does anybody want to ask me that? What do you think the hit percentage is? Uh, the amount of times that the balls hit. Like if you are an outside hitter, if you're in a De Beer and you're set up for a spike, it's the amount of times that you make contact on a spike attempt and earn the point. So if you, you know, it, let's so say. It, what's a kill? Is it when you block it for a point? No, a kill is a successful spike. Is a, is a successful spike. That's a kill. What's the difference between. So a kill can lead to the hit percentage. Exactly. So okay. if you, let's say in one point. You have four spike attempts. Three of them get blocked. The point continues. It's an unsuccessful. And on the fourth spike attempt, you successfully have a kill. You earn the point for your team. That would be a 250 hit percentage. Okay. Makes sense. It's like going one for four in baseball. Yeah, so that's what I was seeing it kind of as, yeah. Uh, Jeff Brown will be calling the show at 5 o'clock. Always pushing back that far. There you go, yeah. Okay, then right for the drive home hour. We got the man knows how to get the, the best audience. That's who he is. We, we need to go in and get my salad ordered then. Yeah, we do. Uh, we're going to make that play. Trevor's trying to build his salad. What, what restaurant are you going with? We're, go, we're going with the uh, Green District. Green District. We're Perfect. Going, we're going to the Green District salads. See, we're going to do a build our own. Our first option is says you can select up to three dressing mixed in. Okay. Extra fine chop. Okay. Or no disposable fork needed, which. Do they expect me to eat it like a pig out of a trough? Don't I get a fork? 
I mean, maybe they assume that you want to use your own silverware. No, I want I want them to give me my plastic. You want to use that plastic? I want the plastic. Yeah, I don't want the dressing mixed in, right? I would assume not. What about extra fine chop? Do you want like the big leaves, or do you want it like chopped up in like tiny little pieces? Oh, I want it chopped up. Okay, I'm going there you go. Go the extra fine chop. Okay. Um, EFC. Ed Greens, select up to two. I have Iceberg. I don't think you like. I, I think Iceberg's a poor choice for you. Okay, kale. That's a thick. That's a thick salad. I don't want thick. You don't want kale. Uh, Napa, Napa cabbage, purple. I don't want anything with cabbage. Cabbage sounds disgusting. Okay. So romaine, I assume you you want to go romaine. Okay, extra greens. We don't want extra. You don't greens. want extra. No. Oh, here, yeah, here's where here's my wheelhouse. Okay, meats. Add protein, there baby. You go. Only one. Oh, son of a. <laughs> I want to add them all. Um, I got bacon. I got baked tofu, which let <laughs> I me <mean>, come. <laughs> Stupid hippies. Uh, I got pulled pork, barbecued chicken, boiled egg, no, garlic roasted chicken, maybe, chili pulled chicken, a whole roasted turkey, good lord, and then no protein, which is not an option. I, I, I'm leaning towards garlic roasted chicken, maybe? I think that sounds like a safe bet. That sounds good? Okay. The pulled barbecue chicken seems kind of just, I don't know, on a salad? That doesn't sound mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would be my first choice. Uh, extra protein, of course. Garlic roasted chicken. We're going extra. Three dollars. You can make it six. I don't care. Uh, add add cheese. In fact, I'm looking for an extra extra protein, but I don't see it. Uh, add, yes, shredded cheddar cheese. We're good on that. Uh, extra cheese, please. Extra shredded cheese. Sixty nine cents. You can double that also. Um, oh, add fruits and veggies. Okay. Uh, banana peppers, no. Black beans, no. Broccoli. Nah, too much green. Carrots, no. Cherry tomatoes. I like the cherry. Hate the tomato. Chickpeas. Love the chick. Hate the peas. Corn and poblano blend. No. Poblano? Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't care. If I can't pronounce it, I'm not going to eat it. Safe rule of thumb. Cucumber? No. Ooh, grapes. I like grapes. Let's do grapes. Okay. Green apple? Like, chopped up? I'm sure it is. Should I go with green apple, you think? Over grapes or with grapes? I can get more. I can up to get to four. Oh, it's, I mean, how fruity do you want the salad to be? Well, I'm, don't I don't say anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, let's skip green, green apple. We don't want green onions. We don't want pickled cucumbers. That sounds just disgusting. Nothing pickled. Uh, raw beets. What am I? Freaking Dwight? Red onions and red. No, no, no. Uh, extra fruit and vegetables. Do we want extra grapes? I can't tell you. Do I, you want extra grapes? <laughs> yes, I want extra grapes. Uh, oh, they have more options on this one, too. Kimichi? Kimichi? Kimchi. Kimchi. Uh, that doesn't sound good. Mango salsa? Ooh, strawberries. Okay. Let's do strawberries. There you go. Uh, add crunch. Croutons, tortilla strips. Options? Thoughts? I'm not a big crouton guy, personally. I think yeah, I'm gonna skip it. I mean, yeah, croutons I got, you want with like a just like a solid like Caesar salad or like a so like a basic like ranch and cheese. No, no, nah, nah, we're gonna skip that. Uh, extra seeds, nuts, and crunches. That sounds like something you get at a massage parlor. Now nah, I'm gonna pass on most of these. Uh, add dress. Oh, here we go. Oh, good lord. So this. so far we have romaine lettuce, we have cheese, and we have grapes. Is that right? Strawberries and and and, and garlic roasted chicken as well. And we have okay. This is I don't I don't know how this is gonna work. I don't know if these are continue. Okay, just just ignore me. Okay, I don't want to ignore you. You're here to help. You're the salad expert. 
You're the one that's eating these damn things. Most people, if you wouldn't combine chicken and grapes in another food scenario, I wouldn't combine them in a salad, but that's just me. Um, (laughs) Yeah, but there's nothing in... Oh, man, I just let one rip and it stinks in here. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Jesus Christ. I want to shut that door in a second. There's there's nothing that I... uh, I wouldn't eat this in the salad. I mean, we have the chicken I like. All right, let's look at dressings here. I got okay. balsam- uh, balsamic vinaigrette. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what balsamic is. Is that like from the Baltic states? I like balsamic vinaigrette. What would you compare it to? And you don't. You don't. You have, I don't know how to <laughs> compare it to anything. You don't. You don't have. You don't eat salads. You don't have dressing. Okay, <laughs> blueberry vin- vinaigrette. Oh, that sounds good. Blueberry. I like a lot blueberry. of vinaigrettes out there. I like blueberries. Uh, cilantro lime dressing. Do not think you'd like cilantro lime. Okay, creamy buffalo dressing. I'm not gonna pass on that one. Creamy buffalo. I'm gonna pass on that. Uh, GD ranch. Wow, that's kind of offensive. I feel like you'd probably like because you don't want a thick dressing, right? No, 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 no. You no. probably want a vinaigrette because those, those are a little liar. It's kind of like a tangy taste to it. Especially if you got fruits on your salad, I'm thinking one of the vinaigrettes is probably going to be your play. My only vinaigrettes are sweet onion, maple, and balsamic. And balsamic blueberry. probably might be your best bet. What's or, it, or the blueberry? I'm thinking blueberry because I don't even know what balsamic is. It's going to be a very fruity salad. I'm, I'm, it's, uh, that's okay. <laughs> well, I mean, the salad, I got to be fruity, right? Yeah, I knew you. I mean, just... uh, extra dress. Should I get extra dressing? I would. I mean, no. <laughs> you don't <laughs> like dressing. You're doing this because you maybe, have to. Maybe you want to take some home. I don't know. I mean,. Uh, then there's something just called more salt, pepper, barbecued sauce, drizzle, and sriracha. I'm no. not, I'm not getting any of that yet. So we've got <laughs> finely chopped romaine lettuce. Yeah. We've got grilled garlic chicken. Yeah. We've got grapes. Yeah. We've got strawberries. Yeah. We've got balsamic blueberry vinaigrette. Well, blueberry vinaigrette. Yeah. Blueberry vinaigrette. Okay. Phone's ringing. Hold on. Keep talking. I, well, I think that's it. So there's nothing else I can say. It's an, and I think shredded cheese was the other thing that we've got on there. So it's not – you're being more bold than I thought you were going to be. We have zero vegetables outside of the lettuce. I don't know – it's going to be interesting. We'll, we'll figure it out. What do we have going on? Who's calling? It's Jeff. And thank you, Dugan, for being <laughs> only maybe, an hour wrong. Maybe Dugan's on Central Time. So Okay, so my salad is complete, right? The, the salad is complete. This thing's 20 bucks. Well, I mean, you, you want anything, by the way? No, I'm good. Thank you. You sure? I mean, maybe Jeff wants a salad or something. No, we're good. I think I think we're fine. I mean, I'm eating the salad in honor of him. So I mean, we will, we'll let him know when we have him on. Okay. Are, you, are you ready to bring? He's him on? ready to roll. All right. I, I think anybody who's been listening to the show for any period of time, dating back to its inception a year and a half ago, knows that we mean this when we say it. We could not be happier to have our next guest on the show. He is your new Louisville head football coach, Jeff Brom. Welcome into the Mike Rutherford Show, Coach. How are you? I'm doing good. Good afternoon, guys. It's been, uh, it's been now, I guess, a full week since the introductory press conference. I'm sure it feels like less or maybe more time to you. Give us a little bit of a, a recap. How has the first week gone as the Cardinal head coach? Well, I'm exhausted right now, uh, <laughs> but that's part of it. Uh, so a lot of traveling um, all over the country, just kind of you know, recruiting is, is, big, is big right now, just getting to know our current commitments and all the others that we're trying to get to get on board and be a part of this Cardinal family. Uh, and it's just been nonstop. And that's just kind of the way it is this time of the year. But the fact that I didn't really know many of these guys, it's, it's definitely a, a huge catch-up that I'm trying to really, you know, just try to speed up everything as fast as I can. We have a big weekend of visitors this weekend, probably close to 
26 prospects coming in uh, with with not a full staff. So we've got and the team is not here. So we got a lot of work ahead of us that continues all the way through Sunday, and then a dead period starts, and then signing day is Wednesday, and then hopefully uh, you know we can feel good about where we're at, and then continue to recruit from there. What do you think? Because like you said, we've got signing day coming up, the transfer portal's open. You've got coaches that are, are here and there that are eventually going to be on your staff. When do you feel like you're going to be able to settle into like a normal routine as the head coach here? Because right now it's, it's, it's anything but normal. It sounds like it's very, very hectic. Well, there's just a lot of things to do, and it's hard to even keep up with it. You try to write them down on a piece of paper and go through it all, and the next day you've got another piece of paper ready to go, and, and, and other ideas are coming up and uh, things that you forgot that uh, just have to get done. So without question, recruiting is the priority now in making sure that uh, – all of us are on board and we're doing everything we can to sell this program and what we think we can do for these young men and, and how we can help them achieve their goals. So that's the number one thing. Of course, you know, I got around the team a little bit, but you know, they're practicing for their bowl game and they've got a game tomorrow. We want to let them kind of finish the season strong and, and do their thing and be with the, the coaches that are left here and all the graduate assistants and GAs and uh, Dion Branch will do a great job. And I know they're looking forward to playing in the game Saturday. And, uh, you know, so that's, that's been the number one priority. And I just think that, uh, you know, once signing day gets through, things will settle down a little bit. You'll have the holidays. Um, we do have some members that may join us uh, from Purdue that, you know, I, I did allow to stay there and, and at least be there for the team and, and help them finish through the Citrus Bowl on January 2nd. And then we'll gather a few of those guys with us at the end and then try to complete the staff from there. I know you can't talk about specific players, but when it comes to recruiting, how do you feel like the, the, the reception has been so far to you know, Jeff Brom, Louisville coach, what you're trying to, the message you're trying to relay to these potential future Cardinals? Well, the reception has been really, really good. And uh, we've joked about it here with our coaches here that you know, after the first five calls I made, I was like, well, I've never gotten this reception uh, this fast from, from, from recruits. So, so I think the, the doors are definitely opened uh, very wide here at the University of Louisville. I think that uh, recruiting had, had gone well to this point uh, before I got here for this year, and we've got to continue to try to keep that going and add on to that. And then hopefully, you know, playing good football and winning games is a big part of it, so you've got to go out there. And in year one, you've, you've got to find a way to do that. And I think that if you can continue to develop your young guys and uh, recruit the best prospects and find ways to win football games, then a lot of this stuff becomes – um, you know, more commonplace that, uh, you know, people believe that it can happen and believe that, uh, you know, they can do special things here. So that's going to be our goal. It's not going to be easy. Uh, and we can't think about it too much. We've got to just set it out there. But we've really got to, you know, when it's all said and done, just put our head down and grind away each and every day to find a way to get this done. In this day and age, I think everybody, especially fans, they want to know about the NIL philosophy. Even if they don't really understand what NIL is or how it's used, they want to hear coaches talk about how they're going to utilize it. What's your philosophy right now when it comes to NIL? Well, you know, this is uh, you know something somewhat new to college football, and uh, every place is going to do it different. Without question, it's done completely different here than at Purdue. Uh, there's a method to the madness, so to speak. Uh, sometimes you don't want to give away your secrets. So I do feel like that, uh, you know, we have the ability to, to compete here and, uh, we've got some things in place to help get that done. And, uh, we're definitely, will will utilize, you know, everything we possibly can, um, to make sure that, uh, you know, we're, 
we're doing right by all. Uh, we're smart uh, with uh, the decisions we make to try to help you know this team improve and get better, and also try to help uh, you know young student athletes as much as we can. New Louisville head football coach Jeff Brom, our guest here on the Mike Rutherford Show. Uh, you mentioned Fenway Bowl tomorrow. Cards taking on Cincinnati at 11 a.m. It's you see this more and more with bowl games in this day and age. It's kind of an awkward situation where neither team has their past, uh, the head coach who led them during the season. Um, you're going to have some of these players playing for you next year, obviously. Will you guys, will you watch the game? How does this go tomorrow for you guys? Well, it's a busy week, and Like I said, we have around 26 prospects and then their parents and families and all that uh, here with really no player host, which you normally have for all these prospects because they're at the game and a limited coaching staff. So we have got to uh, make sure that uh, we're fully invested to getting to know all these young men and spending time with them and making sure that uh, you know they get to know us and vice versa and any questions they, they need answered, we do the best job to get it done. And, yes, we're going to you know really kind of watch the game uh, with them a little bit, uh, you know, right before lunch or after lunch. I'm not for sure exactly what time the game starts. I know it's around noon or 11, but, um, you know, I, I think it's important that, uh, you know, these prospects see these guys play, but, you know, really see everything we have to offer here. So it'll be a, a busy, hectic day, but I will try to catch as much of the game as I can. Of course, we have film to be able to watch it after, but uh, I definitely want to try to catch some on TV also. Speaking of bowl games, uh, your little brother, you mentioned some coaches staying at Purdue through the bowl game. Uh, the Boilermakers are playing in the Citrus Bowl. Brian, your little brother, is the interim head coach. Will you have contact with him as far as preparation there, or are you just going to let him do his own thing? How's that going to work? Well, not really on the football aspect. I mean, we're definitely talking on recruiting, and uh, that's, that's active, and we're making sure that uh, you know he's in contact with the proper people to help us recruit and, and do that. Um, you know, this is a situation, it's always tough. I hate to leave uh, our players and prospects, and uh, but that's just kind of what college football has, has, has come up, has, has come to, is you have to make decisions and then do then try to do right by all. So what we tried to do is, you know, as our athletic director talked to me at Purdue, it was like, well, what are we going to do for the bowl game? Da, da, da. And I said, well, you know, if you're, if you're asking me selfishly for myself, I'd like to have my whole staff with us at the University of Louisville move forward. Now, I do understand uh, that, you know, we want to try to take care of the, the team at Purdue. They've done a great job to get to this point. Uh, so I wanted to work with them. So we, we, we tried to keep probably over half the staff there uh, and, and help them through the bowl game, bowl prep, bowl practice. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's, that's to me, it's just the right thing to do, even though we are shorthanded here. But they're able to, to do some things over the phone and recruit and, and do things that way. So it's just kind of a thing where you try to look in the mirror the next day and say, hey, I'm trying to do right by all for right now, and then uh, you know, we'll get everybody here when it's all said and done. I've listened to, I think, most of the interviews that you've done since taking the UofL head coaching job. I've yet to hear one where you haven't been asked, what's different about now than 2018 when you had a chance to take this job? How sick are you of fielding that question at this point? Well, I'm not. I mean, I, I don't mind answering any questions. I try to be transparent. I mean, I think... Uh, you know, when, when you make decisions to take a job and people trust you to help build their program and put a lot of resources into that, and then, of course, you get to know those people, get to know your players and recruits. I mean, after two years of anywhere, uh, I just didn't think it was right to, to leave uh, and to uh, abandon the plan that had been set forth and that a lot of people had put a lot of time and effort into. So whether it was University of or somewhere else, I just didn't think it was right. And I, I personally couldn't look in the mirror the day before and felt like I did the right thing. So, 
you know, it was about building that team, fulfilling the promises that I made to the leadership there and our players and recruits. And I think we did. I think we made progress. We found ways to get better. Uh, we ended uh, in the Big Ten championship game this past year, which I thought was a greatest, a great accomplishment by our team and our players. So I felt like we made progress. I felt like I helped, uh, you know, was a small part of helping the team get to that point. And I felt better that, you know what, this opportunity came about again. There's just a lot of pluses going back home. Uh, there's a lot of people in this town and at this, at this university that have done a lot for me and my family. A lot of fans that are invested in, in, in this program getting better and getting back uh, to national prominence. And it's time for me to come back and do the work here and, and give back. And uh, like I said, you know, I can't guarantee anything, but I do know that I'm going to work uh, as hard as I possibly can along with our coaches, to find a way to improve and put a great product on the field and win football games and try to win championships. So I think it's a new challenge that I can now do in my backyard and you know, try to you know, give back as much as I can to all the people that have given to me and my family. I know, I mean, you saw the crowd at your introductory press conference. You're seeing now, I don't know if you have seen, you got businesses across town that have welcome back home, Jeff, and the Brom family uh, all over the place. I'm hearing from people at UofL about the, the boom in season ticket sales. Certainly the interest in radio programs around here, we can speak to that firsthand, uh, has been very, very high since we found out you were going to be the head coach. Did you expect the reaction to your return to be, to be like this? Because it has been, it's been extreme. Well, I don't expect anything. I'm very grateful for the reaction that we've had. And uh, I think it does show the amount of people that care about people and, and care about winning and care about doing things the right way. So, um, you know, that excites me. And uh, without question, that will drive me uh, to work even harder to make sure we try to get this done as fast as we can. But uh, this has always been the fans' team ever since I lived here as a fan myself and a young kid and growing up in high school and even playing in college. These fans want to see this team do well, and then they want to be a part of it and, and relish in, in everything that's going on and, and, and live the competitive atmosphere and vibes of each and every game against good opponents. So, you know, this is a, you know, a chance to, you know, make people happy and get them back to having fun and enjoying uh, trying to you know, play against the best each and every week or at least at the end of the season as much as we can. And uh, that's when things are special. And I think there's just been a really good past of, some special players coming through here, just like Johnny Yu and Lamar Jackson, the Heisman winner, and, and others uh, that uh, have made this place special. And, of course, basketball has a rich tradition, and uh, baseball and volleyball, all those sports have done extremely well. And uh, we've got to do our part. And I think when we do our part, it uh, can become a lot of fun for everybody, and we want to try to make that happen. You mentioned you know, Lamar Jackson being here in recent history. Your, your former head coach, Bobby Petrino, when he was at Louisville the first time, was more of a traditional pocket passer type offense with your brother uh, leading the way for a lot of those years. He evolved a little bit when Lamar got here and became more of a, a dual threat style. Is there a specific style that like, you feel like you have to coach? Because I think people look at you and your Purdue teams and your Western Kentucky teams and they're like, oh, he's a prototypical pocket passer type coach. But if you had a talent who was, say, a, a dual threat quarterback with a ridiculous skill set, would you be interested in evolving? Are, are you flexible there? What's the offensive philosophy now coming here to Louisville from Purdue? Well, I think anybody that way back watched me play a little bit, I like to run around and uh, was a runner mostly for the most part, grew into a passer. So I'm all for that. Uh, you know, we, we try to deal with the cars that we've been dealt. And uh, ever since I've been in Western Kentucky, even into Purdue, that's the type of quarterbacks we had. They were throwers. They were passers. 
and uh, and we have a good plan for that, without question. We think we control the football, throw a bird, they put up yards, put up points, and that's always a lot of fun to do and a lot of fun to play in. But, you know, this college game, uh, and even in the NFL now, you have to have mobile quarterbacks that uh, are versatile and can do a lot of things. So, in a perfect world, yeah, we want a dual-threat guy that can throw the football and run it and make plays with his speed, extend the play. And uh, I think our offense carries enough that, uh, you know, it, it's it's – productive for a head coach and an offensive coordinator to do what your players do best. So we will evaluate the, the guys we have on this team and we'll try to add the best uh, young men with them to make the team better. And whatever we have, I think we have the ability to adapt. But uh, without question, the college game has evolved that, you know, if you can have a guy that can do both, I think you have a better chance to win. Did you ever think when you gave that interview in the XFL, what, three decades ago, with the let's play football ending, that it would become a tagline that still follows you around. People love hearing it. People love the clip. We've got shirts that say let's play football. We've got recruits saying it. Did you ever think it, the, the shelf life of that quote would be this long? Actually, I never did. And, uh, <laughs> of course, when, when I made that quote, I don't know if uh, you know Twitter and social media was uh, even existed. Uh, but, it, of course, it does now. And, you know, as, as you get on the Internet, uh, there's things that you've done in the past that you cannot get rid of, and, that, and that's one of them. So that one, that one has not been able to go away. There's no, there's no way to take it back. You know what? I, I just got done playing in the NFL. I kind of thought things were over with, and then this XFL league came about, and I said, no, nah, let, me, let me try to play in this. And was drafted in the first round by Orlando, got a chance to play, and really it was about having fun. It was about a fun football league of, you know, they included the WWF and cheerleaders and uh, rowdy crowds and just a lot of different things they're trying to add to the game. And, um, you know, we try to display a little personality. I got asked the question, of course, try to give an answer that had a little bit of something to it. And and, and definitely it uh, has lived with me for, for the remainder. But, you know what, like I tell people all the time, uh, you know, that one year of playing the XFL probably had more fun than I ever did playing football because it was just uh, – you know, it had a little bit of everything in it, and a little bit of twist here and there, and uh, I wouldn't trade those years for anything. Now, your coaching career after the XFL ended, you started here with the Louisville Fire. We had some people who were like, you know, he had the stats at Purdue, he had the stats at Western Kentucky. How does he justify the two and fourteen record as the Louisville? Does that record just haunt you? Like, is it just is it something that you're going to have to get over here with your second stint as a Louisville head coach? Well, you know, as we look back, I really didn't plan on going into coaching. And uh, as I look back, I think uh, kind of with help of Mr. Wolfer, Will Wolfer just kind of with some odds and ends as he was running the team. And uh, I think the, the, the real coach had stepped down a couple months before the game. And I said, hey, I'd help you look for the coach. He said, hey, do you want to coach? I said, no, heck no, I don't want to coach. And then as we kept looking and looking, he said, hey, I might need your coach. I said, oh, okay, I guess I'll coach. So, when, you, when you're really not into it and invested in it, you probably not going to do well. It was a different new game for me, so with different rules on a little basketball, basically court of turf. And uh, uh, I definitely, definitely, it was a big learning curve. And it was just, uh, uh, but it was a fun experience. There's just a lot of guys that were, I mean, shoot, we at one point signed a 40 year old quarterback just to kind of get us through the game. So it was a very interesting uh, year, but a lot of fun. Well, I think everybody has heard, or lots of people have heard, that, you know, you, you had family members that have wanted you to come back for a long time. I think anybody who, who knows your dad a little bit knows that he was uh, very excited about you coming back here to Louisville. What was the conversation like with your parents when you let them know that you were this was going to happen, you were going to take this job? Well, like I said in the press conference, actually the thing happened so fast. Um, you know, I, I kind of know what my mom and dad think. I've been around them enough. Uh, I really didn't talk to them one time uh, until the decision was made. I think that uh, – 
you know, they knew that uh, at some point this may come about again and uh, definitely would be excited to have me and my family and, and the kids back, specifically, uh, because as a grandparent, uh, that's what you like. You want to be around your kids and grandkids and enjoy and have fun with it. And in the end, football is football. It's a game. You know, you can coach it the best you can, have fun with it. But, you know, they know that if you can do that in your hometown and, uh, and, and give back and have a lot, of, a lot of people a part of it, that, that's the best scenario. So I, I knew what the... Uh, you know, in the end, it was about them wanting their grandkids back in town and, and being able to enjoy being a part of that. Uh, we had a couple quick questions here from from listeners that wanted you to answer. Um, te- uh, texter says, "Is there a position that you're looking at more than some others right now when it comes to recruiting for the immediate year ahead?" Oh shoot, uh, there's a, there's a lot of needs. Uh, I think that uh, you know we're always looking. Uh, uh, for offensive, defense, alignment, uh, I think uh, if you want to li- win at a high level, you've got to be uh, as as good as you can possibly be up front in the trenches. That's where a lot of the games are won and lost. And even though those guys don't get a lot of credit, uh, they they deserve it. So we got to continue to get better there. And uh, you know, receiver is a position we, we thought we needed to kind of you know get some guys. And you know, they have guys committed here. So it's about just really adding uh, some possible transfers, some possible veterans that can come in and. And, and, and help immediately. And, uh, you know, it's just about evaluating the roster. And to be honest with you, I'm not an expert at it right now. I've looked at the roster. I've watched practice a little bit. Uh, but i got to continue to learn more about each of the players and what they're made of and what their personality is. And, and right now you got to rely on, you know, Pete Knock, our recruiting coordinator, and, and uh, John Herring, the other recruiting coordinator, and the, and the other guys here, and just listen to what they think. And then we go out and continue to, to recruit the best prospects to add to the football team. You mentioned Pete. Uh, you know, Pete's been here through multiple regimes, if you want to call them that, at, at UofL. Uh, how nice has it been, or, or how much have you relied on him to, in these op- these opening weeks to kind of guide you through the early process here? Uh, well, Pete's outstanding. He does a great job. Uh, actually, John, uh, his partner, does a great job. Uh, but Pete's really invested, of course, when you're from here and you played here and you've been here. Uh, he wants his program to win, and uh, that means a lot to me, uh, without question. I know it means a lot to other people, but it really means a lot to me uh, when you have a guy that uh, bleeds red and is willing to do everything he can to help win. And he's, he's a great person. He does things the right way. He works extremely hard. Uh, he accepts his role as being the best recruiting uh, coordinator he possibly can be, but he's been very, very helpful. He has a great relationship with all the young men and the prospects. He spends a lot of time doing that a lot of personal time doing that that takes away from his family. Uh, but he wants to win, so we're lucky to have him and John. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll continue to add to that staff, but those guys have been great. My last question here before I let you get out of here. Uh, my producer, Trevor, uh, we've been doing this show together for a year and a half. He hates salads more than anything in the entire world, and it's become a running joke. What would it take to get Trevor to eat a salad? He said he wouldn't do it for a guaranteed national title in basketball. He wouldn't do it for some other things. He wouldn't do it for true love. But he said a y- over a year ago he would do it if Jeff Brom came back to coach football. Today <laughs> is the day of reckoning. He's building his salad. Can we get your input on what needs to be in this salad for the first time that he's tasted one? And I think his uh, is 42 year existence well i'll tell you if you actually want him to enjoy it you better put a lot of good stuff in there that tastes really good uh so every ingredient you can think of that has some sugar and has some sweetness to it now if you really want him to be have a painful dinner then i would make sure it's plain and bland and he has to eat that lettuce and enjoy it and know that that's your meal of the day don't be going to sneak and eating something else make sure you only eat that salad and appreciate that it's healthy for you and you got to make sure that uh, 
uh, you know, you finish it all and all the ingredients are in there. You, you can't spit it out. I know I, I got a dog now, and I, when he wants to eat it, he's hungry, <laughs> and I put lettuce down there. He don't want to eat part of it. He wants some meat. He wants some chicken. Uh, so make him uh, enjoy that salad as much as you can. Jeff, he won't let me consider nacho cheese a dressing. Do you do you agree or disagree? <laughs> well, I'm sure he's going to want to put a lot of that good stuff on there, but uh, it just depends on whether you want him to enjoy it or not. There it is. He says no. He says no. He says no nacho cheese. It's not happening. All right, Jeff Brom, the new head football coach for your University of Louisville Cardinals. Can't thank you enough for the time, coach, and best of luck moving forward. Okay, thanks, guys. Have a good day. There he is, uh, Jeff Brom. Again, only an hour early on the, from the, the Duke text, but it wouldn't be. Hey, it wouldn't be Maybe the Mike Rutherford Central, show. He's on Central Time, apparently. It wouldn't be the Rutherford show if it, like, when the call came in and I saw you like take. I'm like, there's no way. Like he literally just texted that he's coming on at five about five minutes ago. But lots of interesting stuff. I tell you what, we'll go ahead and take a break. We will. Uh, we'll come back. We'll re- get some of your reaction to Jeff Brom's interviews. I'll talk about some of the things that I said. According to DoorDash, my sal will be here at five fifteen to five twenty. Five o'clock hour is the hour of reckoning for Trevor. We'll get more on that, and we'll react to some of the things that Jeff said there in that interview. Keep it locked right here on fourteen fifty and ninety six one. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Welcome back here on the Mike Rutherford Show. Friday edition here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. Big thanks to UofL head football coach Jeff Brom for spending some time there with us. It's all happening. I mean, Brom's on the show. we got volleyball going for a national title. We've got Fenway Bowl tomorrow. FAMU is going to get waxed well, at the Yum Center. We've got Trevor Salad. In a row. I mean, Trevor Salad's going to be delivered at 5.15. It's now scheduled to happen. It's all like the karma's back on our side. The cards are back. The show's back. We're feeling good. Life is good. I did also order uh, a, a giant uh, Philly cheese chicken cheesesteak from Jersey Mike's as well. I mean, that, so you? I mean, Jeff said you got to eat the whole. You, yeah, that's you the, I, the that was that was some of the. I had I, I need to bring this up. Do I have to eat the whole salad? I don't think you have to eat at least a solid. I, I feel like I'm talking to my daughter again. But you have to eat at least a solid <laughs> chunk of it. Like you, I'll tell you when you can. She's now she's big into like the am I all done stage. And like I, I after like three bites, I'm like you have to. And like, then can I be all done? I feel like this is the same thing here. Yeah, but here's here's what worries me a little bit is that, I mean maybe it's the the, the restaurant the fanciness of the thing, but this for this salad it was like oh, thirty bucks to get this ordered. I'm a little worried it's going to be really big. That's what that, exactly. I'm I, either that or I'm just got like this really tiny salad for thirty dollars. It's going to be know. like a lane salad. Yeah, I don't know which one I'm. I'm going. I'm either way. I think I'm going to be upset. A couple of interesting notes, uh, and we'll take your reaction to the Jeff Brom interview at 502-414-1450, but a couple of things that stood out to me. One, asking him about the NIL question. He said, you know, he's, he did the thing where it's like, we're not going to give away our secrets. Everybody does this differently. But he did say, our approach here at Louisville is going to be different than it was when we were at Purdue, which I think says you've got some more advantages here at Louisville than you, you did so. at Purdue. You've got, I mean, whatever advantages that Scott Satterfield had, to land the highest-rated recruiting class or what was on track to be the highest-rated recruiting class in the history of the program, those are still there. Those did not leave for Cincinnati when Satterfield left. You've still got 
Adidas in the fold. It sounds like you've still got Steve Clarkson in the fold. Uh, and it sounds like you certainly, well, we know you got the 502 collective in the fold. It sounds like, uh, you know, he's going to be able to do things at Purdue on the recruiting trail that he just, or at Louisville, I should say that he simply was not able to do at Purdue. I also thought it was interesting. He was asked about you know, the recruiting weekend ahead. We've seen some lists that have been circulating. He said, I believe it's going to be somewhere around 26, 28 players. Uh, I have not seen the, the number that high according to anybody, but that's, Good news. Excited about that. And then also, I asked him about Lamar Jackson straight up. You know, the whole Bobby Petrino was here. He was seen as a pocket passing quarterback coach, like Brian Brom, all that good stuff. Like, that's the way that we viewed Bobby Petrino. You know, LaForce was a little mobile. LaForce was a little bit mobile, but yeah. mostly it was traditional pocket passing. Yeah. That was his, his style. Bobby Ball. He gets Lamar Jackson and he evolves. And I think Petrino's quote at that time was, you need a dual threat quarterback in this day and age. You've got to have a run pass guy. And Jeff Brom kind of echoed that sentiment there, which I thought was interesting. You know, he's, he basically said, we've gone with pocket passers at Western and at Purdue because that's the hand we've been dealt. Those are the guys that we've had. Ideally, he said, I'd love to have a, a run pass quarterback. And he says that was the way that I played. And I think it's interesting that he makes those comments a week after – he goes to California and seems to lock down Pierce Clarkson, who is very much a dual-threat type guy. Um, that all stood out to me. What, what, what stood out to you, TK? Uh, the the, the dual-threat one was one that stood out the most to me because that also was kind of curious about how he would yeah, – you, you think just stereotype, offense, pro-style, pocket passer. But today's in today's football, you need somebody – and it doesn't have to all be Lamar Jackson level scrambling, but you, you kind of do need somebody that can, they can make a place with their feet if needed. In today's college or pro football, for that matter. Yeah, I mean, you at least have to have a guy who's who can, not Gil Donald out there. I'm showing my age on the reference, but yeah, I, I thought that was all very interesting. He did also when I asked about you know we had the, the question from the text line about positions of need. You know, where, where is there any specific spot where you're focusing a little bit more on the recruiting trail? And he did mention getting better in the trenches, which is something that I, I think Louisville fans have been asking to see for a long time. We had made progress on that front. In, in recent years, the offensive line had been good the last couple of seasons. Certainly the defensive line played much better this last year than it had the prior three under Satterfield. But he says, you know, we've, we've got to get better there. He also mentioned wide receiver, which I think we knew, you know, we didn't have a dynamic. Tyler Edson had a really good year, but we didn't have a whole lot of dynamic weapons like we've had in years past on the edge. And I think that was a big part of the reason why yeah. the passing game just never really got it going at a high level this season. And so he says, you know, we, we've got to get those types of players again. We've had those throughout the most successful Louisville teams have had those types of players, and we need to go get them, whether it's DeAndre Moore or a transfer prospect. We've got to get those players back in the fold. I thought all of that was very interesting. And then, you know, who was expecting the in-depth salad talk at the end? I guess we should have asked him about whether he thought the uh, King Nails should be on the line tomorrow. It's a, it's a touchy subject. You know, it's like asking somebody's politics. Maybe they don't want to get into it. I, could, I should have just assumed you know, asked him about religion. I mean, you could have done You that. went to Trinity. You but... Went. <laughs> Do you have any doubts? Did you, um, did you, how many jugs did you have? <laughs> the other thing that, that just stood out to me, just talking to him, and I, I know I've heard him talk on other shows. I heard him, he was with Jim Rome this week. But it is, like, he's as polished a speaker as we've had in one of these, like, high-profile positions in a long time. Well, like, it's in his first rodeo. It's he's, not. We've had, good, we've had yeah. good coaches who have been great with the media. But as far as, like, just giving clear answers, communicating Something that's maybe a little bit convoluted in a very clear and understand uh, to you know, understandable 
way to digest as I fumble over my words here. He's very, very good at that. And yeah, I mean, this is also, you, you, you mean, now he's a, as a collegiate head coach, but this is somebody that worked in San Francisco with, with in San Diego during their Super Bowl run. You sure. mentioned the XFL time. I mean, he's no stranger at all to, to handling with media and dealing with media. Yeah, and he's, he's great at it. I thought all that yeah. stuff was very good. I did think it's such a – it's a weird dynamic right now, not just you know, him being here with the team playing a bowl game tomorrow against the, the program where their old head coach went to, but just operating. You know, we're doing with, you know, with, with his new staff what, we, like, what Cincinnati's not doing and what Louisville's not doing in their bowl game. Like he let some of the Purdue coaches stay behind to coach that Citrus Bowl, including his little brother who's going to be the offensive coordinator here. And so I was like, you know, how does that work? dealing with talking with Brian. He's getting ready for the Citrus Bowl against LSU, but he's also getting ready to come here and help, you know, lead the offense and also help on the recruiting front. And he's like, I talked to him about U of L stuff. I talked to him about recruiting. I talked to him about what we're doing here, but I don't talk to him about prep for LSU or, or what Purdue is going on there. And it just has to be weird because, you know, as a ultra competitive guy, which Jeff is, these are his players still at Purdue. He still, I'm sure you still feel that way. I'm sure Satterfield still feels that same way about the Louisville players. He said as much in his press conference up there at Cincinnati. You know it's got to be killing him to not be like, hey, just you know, <laughs> let Jackson get out in space by doing this or, or something like, like with Brian, just like letting him know what, what could happen. It just is, It's all so awkward, but that's college football in this day and age. That's why it has the weirdest postseason in all of sports. And no respects to Satterfield, but I, I don't know if it's on the same level as Jeff because, I mean, he talked about it when you asked him the, the repetitive question of, you know, what's the difference between now and 2000? Mm-hmm. And he brought up the fact that, I mean, if you haven't learned this about Jeff or you didn't know it beforehand, I mean, it's, and it's a rare thing today of the loyalty that he has, you know, and just, you know, wanting to be make, you know, not make selfish decisions and leave people behind just for, for selfish reasons, which he could have easily done in 18. For sure. You know, he, could, he could have just, like you said, he could have just bounced from Purdue after one year and, and can come right to Louisville. And while I would have loved him to be that type of person, in, in in the long run, I love it that he's not, and you know, and then now he's now here with us, and you see that with him talking about you know his former players at Purdue. I'm sure he has a, a strong connection, and these are guys he went, you know, he's been in the war in the trenches with all year, and you know, I'm sure he does want to be there, and I would kind of wish he could be there as well, and, and as well as do what he can to help us, but you know, he can only be one man. He's only one Jeff Brom. There can only be one. Can jo- only- Jonathan Moxon is just one man. He's just one man. And, I mean, there's more Brahms, but there's only one Jeff. No, I, disrespect, no disrespect, Greg. Going back we to the him. answer uh, about the, the, the quarterback, I really like the fact that he's flexible. Because I think whether you're talking about football or basketball right now, the sport is evolving so much and there's so much turnover on rosters that you almost have to be a guy who's not a one-trick pony, who doesn't have a you know one-system-fits-all type, type you know recruiting mentality. If you want to be successful in this day and age, there are exceptions out there. I mean, I mean he's not running the option or anything. No, you need to require. But, but you need to like if you're going. I mean, I'll credit Petrino for doing this. Like Petrino was certainly a a coach who had a, a set mold. He gets Lamar Jackson. He realizes very early on, like this is a a weapon that doesn't come along all the time. This is a generational type talent. We need to 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 change our offense. We need to change our entire philosophy here to fit this kid's skill set. And it wound up working out really well for Lamar and, and I think really well for, for Louisville, even though we probably should have won a little bit more than we did. I mean, it is weird, though, that, that he leaves us to go to Atlanta basically because he wants to coach Michael right. Vick. Of course, he obviously doesn't get to coach Michael Vick because of the situation that, that happened with him. But and, and he ends up getting coming back to Louisville and getting the kid, the probably the closest thing to Michael Vick we've ever seen in, in, 
in football in Lamar Jackson. It's kind of, it's kind of weird how things work out. Yeah, for sure. But you know, with Jeff, I think that there was some some thought that hey, he's played the same style pretty much at WKU and w, and, and Purdue. He's not going to change. This is who he is. This is you know his Virginia Tony Bennett. We're going to play this way, and it doesn't matter who we bring in. And he's like, not really. You know, he's like, I, I want dual threat quarterbacks. I just haven't had a chance to land one. He's definitely got one coming in in this recruiting class, assuming that Pierce Clarkson signs his name on the dotted line here in five days. And he's like, yeah, we'll work with that. Like, that's, that's ideal to me. I thought that was really interesting because I think there was some thought that maybe – he wouldn't take Clarkson or wouldn't Clarkson wouldn't want to come here because he didn't exactly fit into the offense. Uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. If you have uh, questions, comments, concerns on what's going on here, Texture says, Brom is as comfortable in an interview as any UofL coach ever not named Rick Pitino. I think that that's a, a fair comparison. I mean, Pitino was always – he was never going to get rattled. Pitino, though, was more – he was going to control the interview. Like, I was say, Pitino might not get rattled, but if you say something he doesn't like, he, he will – he won't, I wouldn't say he got rattled, but he would definitely call you out on it. Oh, for sure. Like he, said, he did it to me And before, Jeff may yeah. do it. Like, like, I mean, who knows? Like, We're still – obviously, we're new here. Jeff is very good at like just sitting back there, taking your questions, and giving you detailed and, and easy-to-digest responses. With Rick, I mean, I don't think I ever did an interview with Rick where he didn't just do like, no, no let me ask you something. And I was like, <laughs> here we go. And it was always one of those where he was just trying to set me up. He's like, you know, the Puerto Rican national team that I'm coaching, they took on this team of former NBA players, including blah, 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 blah. Who do you think won that game, Mike? And I'm like, well, I know you want me to say the NBA team because it didn't happen. <laughs> but here you go. I'll like, I'll play right. I'm like, I would say the NBA team won. He's like, Puerto Rico won 90 to 32. I'm like, okay, thank you. Those he, were his. He did do that a lot. Oh, th- I mean, that was his at press conferences. He, he he would do the same thing. I think Jeff's a little bit different on that front, but still there are, when it comes to polish, very similar for sure. Yeah. Texture says, I was not expecting the in-depth salad answer from Jeff Brom. I don't think anybody was. It was nice to, <laughs> it was nice to hear him go into detail there. He also, I think, compared you to his dog at one point. I did, which I've been compared probably a lot worse. You know, if you compare me to the, the man's best friend of the best college football coach in all the land, I'll take that. You're basically best friends with Jeff Brom. That's what I took out Basically, that's what I got, yeah. Rub my belly. Texas, you should have asked Jeff if, he, if he's been to the Jeffersonville Hooters. <laughs> it's a sacred place. Some people do their radio shows there and then never, just never do radio shows again. It happens. I did a show from that restaurant, by the way. I did. It was the, very, the joke is that was the last show that we did for Ramsey and Rutherford before we got laid off. It was during a golf tournament. I know there was, I think it was the, like Trevor Inman, I think, was when he won the Masters, maybe? Immelman. It was, it was, there was a Masters going on at the time. I remember that. We've had this exact same discussion before. Yeah, Renshaw was at the Ravichon. Yeah, it was, oof. Texture says, uh, by the way, volleyball hitting percentage is actually kills, errors, and on attacks. Anything over 300 is considered excellent. So Shaw says, 429 last night was honestly incredible. Basically, every other time she went up for a spike, she immediately scored a point. She's awesome. She's the best. I don't know how much of that was actually English or not. Yeah, I don't. It's, it's still. It's somehow less clear to me. After, <laughs> not, no, I thought I had it. Clearly, I didn't. Texas Trevor has to eat a dinner-sized portion of that salad, which sounds gross, by the way. Who pairs grapes with chicken, strawberries, and a fruity vinaigrette? <laughs> it's an odd combo. I'm trying. I want to. <laughs> we'll see how this goes. Here's the. I hate the taste of lettuce. You're just trying to mask it as much as I'm you can. I'm trying to mask as much as I can. And you I'll get like... cheese on there as well, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Extra yeah. cheese. It's going to be an interesting salad. It's going to be. <laughs> I wonder how much this thing's going to weigh. This is going to be an adventure. <laughs> and I got extra chicken as well. So it's, extra, it's, 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 it's fine chopped romaine, extra cheese, extra garlic chicken, gra- grapes, extra grapes, and strawberries. Okay. 
it's gonna be it's gonna be, I'm excited to see this happen. <laughs> Texas says he has to eat the whole salad, and it should have had uh, some traditional toppings with traditional dressing. This ain't even legit. What a shame! I, I think I think this what, flies. What are you talking about? It's a salad. Uh, it's a salad from a salad place. Yeah, it's a build your own salad. How's this not fly? What what do I got to put on it? Like raw onions and tomatoes? What do I have to put? I don't think so. I mean, as long as it's a as long as it's a lettuce based, doesn't that what a salad is? We. Uh, I'm sick of trying to look up the definition of a salad this week. It's, <laughs> what you've done is fine. I'm good with it. Okay. I'm, I'm fine. I didn't get it. nacho cheese on it. Texture says, I finished yesterday's show this morning, and it, I felt that TK got bleeped on by the text line the last hour of the show undeservedly, I may add. No, nah, I probably deserved it because I was late. I don't even remember what that was about. I, but I don't think it was about that. No, I think people were getting mad at me because they thought I was being like, being misogynistic or something because I didn't understand. Oh, that, yeah. That I comment. still don't understand the rules of volleyball. Sorry. Um, Texture says this salad won't be delivered before the show is over. Or no, it will. I'm we hoping got, it's it locked does. in. Five fifteen. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. They've got it thirty-two to forty minutes. So we're gonna be. It's gonna be. Good. It's gonna be the last part of the show. That's fine. That's it. We want to end on a high note. Yeah. We're guaranteeing three wins tomorrow. Texture says it's taking this long. I don't know. Texture says it's actually fantastic radio listening to Trevor order salad. I'm glad to hear that because I was a little bit worried. Like just going down the the ingredients, the, the <laughs> options. I was like, is this hidden? Any, anybody liking this? This doing anything for anybody? <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, Come on, Green District. Get to work. And the job as long as it takes to make a freaking salad. Texture says listening to Trevor build a salad should be sent to the Smithsonian. That's our Marconi Award. That's going to be our submission. Texture says, so the TK salad special is Old McDonald's Farm with a piece of romaine lettuce on each side. <laughs> you know what to do, Arby's. <laughs> Does Arby's have salads? I'm sure they have everything. It's the most versatile menu in fast food. You've that, is, that, that, is, that is true. They even have burgers, yeah. Texture says, this sounds disgusting. <laughs> Texture says, first salad in years, go to Thornton's and get a salad, TK. You don't deserve a nice, tasty, chopped salad. No, no. If I'm buying a salad, I'm going all. I'm getting at least somewhere from nice. Texture says, Trevor, not knowing what balsamic dressing is, is peak radio. <laughs> I still don't know what it is. Texture says, will there be a video <laughs> of Trevor eating the salad? We're going to ha- yeah, I have to video this somehow, but I don't know. I mean, can you just put it on your phone? I know, but I, I, I need a mic. I need to be giving a play-by-play. Well, maybe I don't. Maybe people just want to hear you crunching a salad up. <laughs> just crunching it. <laughs> if you do throw up, they'll be able to hear. We'll find out. I'm not gonna. Th- <laughs> There's no way I'm throwing up. Not being because of the combination. I mean, maybe. I got the dressing on the side at least, though. Okay, and yeah, that's the uh, yeah. So it's blueberry right dressing to it. too to go with the strawberries and grapes. I mean, it's like a fruit cup, right, with chicken in it and cheese. Yeah, I mean, we'll find out. I don't know how this is going to go. I, I'm, I'm a little nervous now. I would be too if I were you. Also, I'm nervous about them getting here on time on this one. This is going to make me mad. If it doesn't get here till six, I'm very concerned about tomorrow for the vibes. Uh, yeah, so am I. Now, now, okay, the driver's car has finally popped up on the uh, DoorDash. That's so. good. Yeah. That's good. And it's saying 30 to 40 minutes, so come on. That's fine. That's within... I should have paid the express. I should have paid the $3 express fee. That's within range. I think we're going to be okay. Uh, by the way, updated spread for tomorrow. Cards are a two-point favorite over Cincinnati. I don't I mean... Still know who to bet. God love you if you're betting on bowl games. I just... I don't know how this is going to happen. Like, I can see this being... I, I, I've got zero idea what to expect. No, not a clue. Like, I feel like because both teams seem to have lost more on offense than defense that it's going to be a sloppy, low-scoring game. But if you told me, like, Louisville's going to win 40-10 to 10, or Cincinnati's going to win 40-10... to 10, there's no score that you could give me where I'd be like, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Like, I've no idea. I've got no idea. I think it's going to be low scoring. I think it's going to be close. But who the hell knows? I don't even know who's playing. 
I don't I mean what well we don't know the teams but <laughs> I mean but the players like yeah. I, I've got I've, I've got no idea like what is Dion Branch's offensive philosophy is going if, if I'm one of these quality control guys I'm getting loose as hell like we're running flea flicker seven plays in a row we're, we're, we're running Dion Branch I go out there and play myself a sub player too maybe we're running tackle eligible like, yeah we're, we're, we're throwing out guys we're, we're putting a lineman we're putting a defensive tackle at running back on third and short. Worked for Dan Campbell. We're gonna get we're gonna get Fourth weird. down, throw it to Pillow Suell. Because if you lose, oh no, like we lost we lost the bowl game. Like, you know, people aren't gonna care. People aren't gonna remember this. It's the the story surrounding Louisville football is still Jeff Brom, win or lose tomorrow in this game. Um I mean, if I'm Louisville, I, I, that wouldn't be a bad idea. Just throw I mean get crazy. everything from the exoneration of Puerto Rico to like flea Annexation. Flick, Come whatever. On, Come on, man. Sorry. Exoneration. Or Exoneration. they accused of <laughs> of sucking. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, 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 that, between that flea flicker, re, double reverse, the Philly special, fumble ruski, uh let's maybe push punt on third and long. You know, and see if we can catch them off guard. I, I say go for it all. Yeah, why not? Get loose. Flying V. Can you do that in football? I don't know. Probably. Statue of Liberty play. We'll have receiver right there and start doing a, doing a spinning around like in, like in a ballerina. Just look at them and then we throw it to the other side. Let's do a quick uh, confidence level because we've got three games tomorrow. Three big games. It's Cardmageddon. First one up is the Fenway Bowl. One to ten. What's the tr- what's the TK confidence check right now? In the in the Fenway Bowl? Fenway Bowl. Oh, good Lord. Um it's got to be somewhere close to the middle, I would assume. Yeah, it's, I, I'm. I mean, I'm almost literally fifty-fifty. Like I, I have because I mean, Cincinnati's players aren't really playing either, right? I They're mean, missing a lot of offensive guys. I mean, is there is their quarterback playing? I mean, is the quarterback is playing? Bryant's playing. I believe so. Okay, I mean that's at least helps him a little bit. Obviously, he was solid this year. Uh, but it's, I believe his two wa- leading wide receivers are both out. Okay, well they don't. Throw the ball a lot, but yeah, I mean they're mostly they mostly ran the ball. Um, yeah, I, I'm a fifty fifty. I mean they don't have their coaching staff. Clearly, I mean they have our coaching staff. I guess it does worry me a little bit with Satterfield. Like that's the other thing where you know he's. I mean he, you can't really run what we've been running all year because Satterfield knows what we're running. Not that everybody else that watches any any one minute of game film of Satterfield's games couldn't figure out what he's going to run anyway. But that that's another reason to kind of run with the the whole. Gimmick play thing to do with your with your branch and company because you know I mean Satterfield's over just telling everybody what we're going to run. Ben Bryant's not playing by the way he's hurt. Oh he is. Yeah. Oh well then then I'm I can't keep track. Yeah I, I'm still I'm still in the fence like I, I I'm not betting the game I'm not I'm not even going to bet it that's how that's how on the fence I am with this. I also like kind of a maybe deal important their kicker is in the transfer portal like they don't have a kicker. I wonder how many kickers go in the transfer portal. Well, we got one. <laughs> Havelstead, we got out of the transfer portal this past year. <laughs> how many kickers and punters enter the portal on a regular basis? <laughs> I, I just don't know. It, it's, I can't imagine. Can't imagine that many. I can't imagine betting my hard-earned money on any of these bowl games where you just like the playoff is one thing. The bigger bowl games where most, I mean, pretty much everybody's playing is another thing. But these games were like, you know, we may there may be a guy getting significant reps tomorrow who I'd say 85% of the fan base didn't know was on the team. Like it kind of happened last year in the armed forces bowl. I could absolutely see it happening on both sides tomorrow. It's the problem is you got to know, you kind of kind of know the team. Like does you, you get a feeling this team is wanting, this is a bowl game. that means important to them. You know, I looked at last year, like Purdue and Tennessee game where I bet Purdue 
you know, I knew that great that, game. Yeah, and I knew you know even despite you know Purdue being down to the, you know walk-ons and third string because of issues, you know I knew they, that that was a team that kind of wanted to be there and wanted to play and was going to play hard regardless. And they did, and they showed they won. Yeah, in those situations, I mean, it's man, pick. I mean, is betting on bowl games maybe the hardest thing to bet on in sports? The lower tier bowl games, I think it's, Spe- it's, it's got to be up. Yeah, and, and, then you, up and then you got the situation where you go, okay, well maybe I got the you know. The Central Michigan versus the Auburn, who's you know six and six Auburn. I want to go. Maybe do I go with the Central Michigan team who probably wants this? They're going to be hungry. They want to get this win, or is Auburn still just going to blow them out like you expect? I mean, it's it's hard, man. Bet it, I, you think betting basketball games is is, is mind-numbingly tough because of all the damn free throws late in the game that can cr- screw up a spread, give you a bad beat. Bowl games are just as tough, if not toughest to pick. All right, so confidence level now, game two, FAMU, 2 p.m., KFC Yum Center. 88, 92%. You're good. You're up there. I'm, I'm, I I dread that we're going to come in feeling cocky and, and we're going to see. First, God, for, I can't imagine that they're I, going to come in God, I hope cocky. not. I mean, I, one in nine cocky teams should not be a thing. My that worst case scenario is they come in and they think they're right back at the, in the Bellarmine state of mind, where, and, and, we, and we get that kind of. Which made no sense to begin with. They just lost to Lenore Rhine. I know, I know, I know. And then I just I, this I'm team, confident though. I'm very confident this team's going to come out. I want, and I don't want to win. I want to come out. I want to punch them in the mouth early. I want them calling timeout down fourteen to two, and I want to win this game by a minimum, minimum fifteen points. Everybody's finally coming around. I said I, I guaranteed a victory a week ago. Do we know the line yet on it? No, it won't come out until tonight. College basketball games. I don't know why they I can't never, give it like a twenty-four hour ahead. Never line. understood that. It seems really silly, but I, I got football lines up a two weeks ahead of time. It's absurd. I mean, yeah, the, the second the bowl games are announced, you get an opening yeah. line for games that are like a month and a half away for some of them. But we can't get college basketball game until it's five hours away from tip off, which makes it very annoying when you don't live in a city or state that you can bet on online. Yeah, I mean, I, I assume Louisville's going to be a double-digit favorite in this game. Give me a take, yeah. Everybody now is confident about this because we beat Western. I was confident about it before, but now I'm especially confident. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm like close to a 90%. I'm feeling good about the FAMU game. FAMU is screwed. We're going to run them. Now, volleyball, 8 o'clock. Texas is the number one overall seed. 1 to 10, confidence level. Where's TK right now? 10 being like championship. 10 confidence. being like guaranteed win. We're not going to lose this thing. It's over already. I'm not 7.8. Gonna watch. You think oh, that high? Probably because I am. Uh, I just don't know. I mean, listen, I don't know much about volleyball. I know, I know that I know Louisville's been the best program the last two years, but despite not winning it last year, and I know uh, I can't wait to see us giving the uh, horns down to people. Now, but they're favored in this game. Good, but you're still that you're that confident that we're going to pull an upset. That makes the thud more louder when they fall to the ground after we we, we slay them. All right, I like that. Oh, I'm going. We're going in. We're winning. I'm expecting the championship. Okay. Kelly, I I trust you. I know you're going. Like you said, I know. But one day you're going back to Nebraska, and I don't blame you. That's uh, no, no. Hey, who am I? Who am I to get mad at somebody for wanting to bring their coach back home? Right? You know, we just we just went through this. We did. But I know you're going to leave us, and you're going to leave us with some rings, and probably the first one of the of two will be this year. Texas says. Your order's been picked up by by the Dasher. Texas has been pouring rain at Fenway for days now. It's going to be Leatherheads out there. <laughs> Do you like the movie Leatherheads? I've never seen it. A lot of people hate that movie. It's not good, but I don't hate it. If it is a, I mean, 
both teams are without their quarterbacks now. We we know Malik's out, Ben Bryant's out. Yeah. We have been a better running team this season than Cincinnati has. We don't have, though, three of our five scholarship running backs from this year's team. We've got Maurice Turner. We've got Jawar Jordan. Is that going to be enough? I mean, I, I feel like it's one. this is shaping up to be a game where if we win, the MVP is either going to be a defensive player who creates a couple of turnovers or it's going to be Jawar Jordan. I was thinking the kicker. <laughs> Somebody's kicker gets like four field goals in this game. The final's like 12 to 9. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> that would not shock me. <laughs> Mark Vassett. Punter, MVP. Yeah, I mean, flipping field position. Has a punter ever won an MVP of a bowl game? Oh, I bet it's happened before. It had to. Have I bet it's happened at least some point. <laughs> that would be. Texas says I uh, should have gone with a wedge salad, Trevor. That's the best. What's what's yeah. a wedge salad? It's like a giant, two giant blocks of lettuce. I don't think you would have liked. It. Oh no, no, no! You don't want to do that much work. No, God no. Texas says if this Louisville basketball season was a salad, what would it be? Well, I mean, we don't need to get into that. <laughs> Every salad, slightly it, better than it was four days ago. It'd be, it'd be, it'd be that salad with all the tomatoes and onions and it, honey mustard would be on it, and it would just be, it'd be disgusting. Poop salad. Texas says um, up until now, but now, now it's a salad with nacho cheese and pulled pork and onion tangers and good. no lettuce. Texture says, I can't read that. Texture says, do you believe Dan Campbell was so distracted by the wave that he didn't even know the Sewell play was called? What, the Sewell, what was wrong with the Sewell play? The Lions put the Vikes away last week. No, I saw that, yeah, with the, yeah. Little, with the reverse, with the, with the pass to the... But there's clips of, like Dan Campbell looking in the crowd and like watching the wave before the play. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Look, <laughs> he's a football guy. He gets distracted. Hey, don't, don't wait on Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell is... Uh, Red hot. Yeah, I mean, come on. We're going to beat the Jets now. They've got that, you know, uh, White's not playing. Feeling good about that. Zach Wilson's back in the lineup for the Jets. We're Is gonna, that who's going to start for him? Zach yeah, Wilson? We're going to get to 7-7. Seven and seven. And then, look, if they win this weekend over the Jets, they've got three very winnable games to end the regular season. This could be a playoff team. And if it happens, I'm fully on the Dan Campbell board. Look at you. Texas says, uh, will Brom talk about Nooners or loving them up? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> he did, he went through the time of the game more. It was like eleven noon. I don't know. Texas, I bet Jeff Brom's salary that Keith has also never had a salad. Oh, Keith's definitely had a salad. Did Keith has had a salad? Yeah, Keith. I, I, I feel like I've seen Keith eat a salad. Okay. Texas, wait, DBK is leaving? No, Trevor was just. I think he was meaning to say at some point in the future she's probably going to yeah, leave for Nebraska. Just, yeah, well, you, I was going off you saying that actually more than anything because you said when their main person retires that she's probably maybe she doesn't. Maybe she stays here, Denny Crum style. You know, I would love for that to happen, but, you know, it'd be hard not to. It speaks volumes that yeah. in, her, in her contract she has a clause that says, like, she has to pay this much or, you know, the, her buyout is this much for every school besides Nebraska. And I would assume Nebraska is the only threat we probably have. It's it. That, that, that's know. it. I think that she's she's staying here until Scott leaves, and when he does, she'll she'll probably and was he that Was he her coach, I guess, back is how long he's been there? Or was he? Just... I think I know he's been there for a while. Yeah. If he wasn't the head coach, I think he was the because she graduated. I want to say her last season was like '06. Um, I know he was like on staff. Okay, so he's been. I mean, he's he's a lifer. Like I said, you would people thought he thought Denny was going to leave us and go right back to UCLA when we sure. retired, and he did not. But his name is John Cook. I keep saying Scott. Um, he has been. The I head, wasn't wasn't one to correct you. I appreciate that. He's 66 <laughs> years old. He's probably coming up on the. You know, he's entering the 
the end of his tenure. He's won four national titles in Nebraska. So, yeah, he was the, the coach when okay. she won the national title there in 2006. And she's from there as well, correct? Or is, she not, or is that just that she just played there? There's me a lot of questions here. I, 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 I thought you knew her better than, than I'm that. I'm pretty sure. She, I, I know she played there. I could not tell you. I think I think she's from Nebraska. I don't think she's from Omaha, though. Well, yeah. If you're from Nebraska, you're pretty much from Omaha, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess, I, I guess Lincoln is, is where I'm at. It would be Lincoln, yeah. You ever been to Lincoln? I have not been to Lincoln. Yeah, you're not missing anything. She is from... It's not very, very exciting. She's from Cortland, Nebraska. Yeah, that's pretty much... That's, if you're from Nebraska, you're from Lincoln. I could have said literally any city there, and you'd be like, yeah, that's, that's pretty much It's Lincoln. close enough. That's all the same. Guess what? It's a it's a flat road and nothing around. That's Nebraska. It's all the same. <laughs> it's uh, all the same. We got to go to break. When we come back, five o'clock hour, we'll get Trevor Sauer. We're going to talk to Keith Wynn. I should probably let Keith know that we're going to talk to him. I know he's listening. I hope he's listening. Uh, we'll try to get him on to give a little bit more insight than we can provide as far as tomorrow's Fenway Bowl is concerned. Text line sends a picture of uh, I guess they're at the they're at Fenway Park right now, and it is a. It's a swamp. It, it, is, it's a it is a pond. They're trying to get the water out there, but it's where the alumni dinner is happening. It is there is standing water all over that field. Could be could make it more fun tomorrow. Before but, we take a break, what, what did we? What, what was the uh, team gathering? Did they do like a bean dinner or something? They went to Fenway Park. I saw that one. I don't know. I mean, what but why would you? Happened. You mean that the gatherings are going to come to the park where they're going to play anyway? Well, they get to go like into the scoreboard and do like throw baseballs yeah. around, take take BP and do all that stuff. So that happened. You know, whatever. You, know, the, the, you, know, you get limited options up there, I guess. Boston's a such a small city. What else can you do besides go to Fenway Park? Uh, before we go to break, though, reminding you, if you have heating or air conditioning problems anytime in your near future, call our guys over at AirServe. They're the only uh, HVAC company that's going to have people available, technicians available 24-7. doesn't matter what hour or what day it is. You can call them at 502-264-9662. Someone's going to be there to take your call, and a technician will be available to come out to your home. Over at AirServe, they are focused on air quality and energy efficiency. They're making sure that you are comfortable and breathing the highest quality air in your home. Again, visit them online at airserve.com slash Louisville or call them directly at 502-264-9662. We'll take a break. When we come back, hour number three is on the way. Keep it locked right here on 1450 The Big X. Clock hour here, the Mike Rutherford show, the Friday edition, you know, 1450 at Jam packed show, getting ready for a jam packed weekend. We had, uh, if you're just joining us, we had Jeff Brom on in the second hour to talk uh, everything about his first week on the job as the new U of Valley football coach. We've uh, reacted to last night's thrilling five set volleyball victory over Pitt, which has now set up a national title game against Texas for tomorrow night. We've gotten ready for the Fenway Bowl. We're going to do more of that with Keith Wynn coming on here in just a second. And also, 
it's you know not all eyes on December seventeenth at this moment. It's all eyes on Trevor eating a salad. The salad Gantes it says is about to arrive. It's en route. It says zero to zero minutes, and it looks like on the thing she's about pulling up right now. The salad's going to get here. We you can when we have Keith on. Keith's gonna join us at five ten to talk about the Fenway Bowl. When Keith comes on, you can go ahead and grab that salad. I'll go outside and go grab it. And I, then, I don't think anybody's gonna steal my salad out there for it. It's now. gonna be the coup de gras. It's gonna be the you know the the, the, the big moment. Is going to be the last segment. You eating a salad? <laughs> the first. I mean, this is the first time in. I mean, like I said, I've had one in my entire life. That was in two thousand five. Also, because you lost a bet, right? Lost a bet, very drunken bowling bet. Never again. So I get for thinking I could beat a guy that averages two sixty because uh, he got really hammered, and I actually somehow beat him the night the week before. Oh boy! Yeah, <laughs> what he did to me the next week was not pretty. Um, kind of like Clemson, Louisville, eighteen like level. But uh, yeah, that, and he made me do it with like like lettuce and no dressing, and I couldn't put like meat on it. Like he was mean. That is mean. He was a mean person. I still like you, Brian, but you were mean about that. I've got a fun trivia question here before we bring uh, Keith went on to the show. Fenway Park is hosting the Fenway Bowl tomorrow between Louisville and Cincinnati. How many MLB stadiums do you think that UFL football has played in over the years? Oh wow, that is a good question. Um. Like in the branch of school history? School history. So this does not include tomorrow's game at Fenway Park. Well, we, I mean, we won. We played our home games in one for years in Cardinal MLB Stadium. St- MLB Stadium. Oh, MLB. I'm sorry. Okay, I missed you say that. Okay, MLB Stadiums. Um, I think just quick off the top of my head, I'm going to say th- two? Seven. Really? Kind of shocking, isn't it? I, I, I thought maybe Cincinnati. We have played three games. At Riverfront Stadium. Okay. Home of the Reds. Yeah, I figured them. We played at Sportsman's Park, which once hosted the Browns and the Cardinals. See, that's that's where I would have, yeah. We I played don't... at Ebbets Field, legendary home of the Brooklyn Dodgers. Did we really? We Does played. Who? Uh, I'd have to go look it up. We yeah. have to play. We played at Veteran Stadium, Philly's home. Yeah, that was that was the yeah, the well Veteran Stadium, Riverfront, Riverfront. They were all the same stadium, pretty much the Cookie Cutter Stadium. We played two games at the Astrodome in Houston. We played a game at Dolphin Stadium, the Marlins Stadium. I think that was the the, the Russell Athletic Bowl against Miami, I want to say. And we played a game at Tropicana Field, home of the Rays. Oh, that was and that was the bowl game, too. That was uh, Beepo Brady. Beepo Rays Bowl, yeah. I should remember that one, yeah. Evans Field at Park, Parksman, I, I, I mean, I didn't think about that. I should have thought of that one. This will be the eighth stadium but, we played but in. But just that one's intriguing to me because I love – I don't know why I've always had like a fascination with Ebbets. I got like a cool black and white picture of the out front of Ebbets Field hanging in my, in my in my in my room. I've always had a thing for Ebbets Field. I don't know why. The Cincinnati also via Kelly Dickey will become the first team that U of L has ever played in two different MLB stadiums. The Cards that was one of the games. The three games that they played at Riverfront Stadium was against That's Cincinnati surprised. back in the day. And Cards will take on Cincinnati tomorrow. Fenway Bowl, 11 a.m. kickoff, ESPN two. It's all happening. We're gonna. We'll get Keith. You can go ahead and go Keith. Keith. Yeah, yeah, go ahead and I, I just, Kathy just sent me a picture of my food out. Oh my God, it's here. The salad is here. It's here. She sent me the picture. It's all happening. <laughs> uh, we'll bring on Keith Wynn now, the deputy editor over at Card Chronicle, to talk more about the, today's Fenway Bowl. If you're, if you're looking for more information about the game, 
trying to, you know, besides just, hey, they're playing for the Kagan Nails, or are they playing for the Kagan Nails, and it's a bowl game. Keith has done a great job this week breaking it down. Um, there's a bunch of posts over at carchronicle.com today talking about what to watch for from the Bearcats offense. We've got a good Q&A with a writer for Cincinnati explaining their side of the thing. Uh, Keith breaks down the defense. He's got some points of emphasis to look at. And uh, he also has got a good post talking about this this big weekend for UofL football recruiting, the visitors that we're going to be hosting, which Jeff Brom talked about earlier on the show, said probably going to be around 26, 28 kids. It's a big-time weekend, his first big one as the Louisville head football coach. It includes um, a solid group of current commits who are looking to reaffirm their commitment and also some big-time transfer prospects, including Stephen Heron, the former Trinity High School star, who has spent the last few years as a very productive player at Stanford and also fits a position of need at linebacker. Uh, we'll bring him on now. He is the deputy editor over at Card Chronicle. Card Chronicle. He's probably blocked you on Twitter, but if he hasn't, you can follow him at Keith underscore Wynn. He hasn't Wynn. blocked me yet. He hasn't yet. But I don't think he's follows me either, so. Well, he's he's one follow away from having to block you. That's how we all are with TK. Uh, but he joins us now to talk some football. Keith Wynn, welcome back in the show. How are you, man? I'm doing well, man. Uh, I just want to start by saying, I've definitely eaten a salad before. There it is. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the text line accused Keith of never having eaten a salad, just like Trevor. Uh, I was like, I don't think that's accurate at all. Uh, tomorrow, yeah, Fenway Bowl, cards taken on uh, the Bearcats. We know about the, the, the specialty players that are out for Louisville, the key players that aren't going to be participating in this game. It sounds like Cincinnati is going to be missing a lot of key players as well. Uh, who exactly, for those who haven't followed closely, which includes myself, who exactly is Cincinnati going to be without tomorrow? for this game? Oh, man. Jeez, uh, on the offensive side of the ball, they're, they're down uh, their quarterback. They're down their top six receivers. Uh, that includes two of their tight ends. Um, I mean, they're, they're playing with a pretty skeleton crew from a passing standpoint. Their center is opted out as well. Um, so they're, they're down their backup quarterback. Uh, a couple of uh, – they've got a veteran receiver who just doesn't play much. So I think that, you know, he'll probably be the, the guy they live to throw the ball to the most. He's a senior, so – you know, they'll probably rely on him. Everybody else is either freshman, you know, sophomore, kind of a guy that they haven't been able to rely on uh, much. So I think they're going to run the ball a lot, um, obviously because of that. But, you know, other than that, on the defensive side of the ball, um, they've got pretty much everybody. They're down uh, two corners. One of them is an all, all-conference all guy. Uh, and then their kicker's out also. So, you know, as much as Louisville's missing some key guys, um, they have, you know, I would say Cincy is in a much worse space from a personnel standpoint just because of the fact that, being down your quarterback is, is one thing, but having no one else that you can be confident in throwing the ball to uh, really changes the way you're going to approach the game. Do we know anything about the backup quarterback that they're throwing out there? Ben Bryant's out. We've established that. Like, is there any chance that this – I mean, little fans have PTSD when it comes to backup quarterbacks. We've been torched many times in the past by guys who we did not know before they actually played the game. Is there any chance that that sort of history repeats itself tomorrow afternoon in Boston? There's absolutely a chance of that. Uh, so, so Evan Prater is a uh, is a former four star. Uh, he's number five or six quarterback in that class. I think two years ago, Louisville was actually in the hunt for him, but uh, he decided to stay home in Cincinnati. Uh, he's six five, two hundred and ten pound guy who can run really, really well. Um, you, you know, they'll probably do some option stuff. I haven't seen a lot of that from them, but you know, I'm sure these last two weeks that's all they've been doing because against Tulane. Who, which is their last opponent, he only completed 36% of his passes. Um, I mean, he, he has a very slow delivery, uh, but he has those flashes where he throws the ball, and you're like, yeah, I can see why I hit, why I hit with a highly recruited you know, player because you can, you know, you just know it when you see it, right? And I think that's the thing that he can't throw the ball down the field or he hasn't done that well yet. 
So you're getting a lot of nickel and dime stuff. And, and Tulane just set back in his own and kind of just let him, you know, complete those short passes and make the tackle. So I think they'll probably look to run the ball more, but he can run the ball well. And they have all of their running backs uh, available to them, which, you know, obviously Louisville doesn't. So I think we'll see more of a rushing attack. But, you know, there, there's definitely a potential for him to just have one of those games that we've all seen as Louisville fans. And, you know, that's the, that's the reason why I'm not, so confident that hey, even though this defense has played out of their mind this year and they've, they've been really good, you know this is just the exact type of quarterback that you're just like, yeah, this is a situation. You know, we're also used to this. It's hard to really be confident about it. There's so many, I mean, unknowns when it comes to this game, and that's understandable given that you know all the players that are out that you just listed. The fact that we have, you know, no head coaches basically for for either of these teams, very few assistants for both, very uh, for both of these teams. What's something that you do feel confident about happening tomorrow? G- give us something that you, know, you can reasonably expect to take place when we watch this Fenway Bowl tomorrow afternoon. You know, I, I do think the defense will, will be able to play that aggressive style, and they'll be able to get some, make some plays. You know, I think that is, you know, no matter what, I, I can't imagine that, um, you know, that we would see this defense with almost everybody there. You know, you know Trey Clark's out. Um, you know, they're down Debo Jones, who, who's in the portal. But outside of that, you know, you've got guys like Momo and Yassar, Yassir Abdullah and others who have shown this year that they're, they're not only, you know, playing at a high level, they're motivated. So I think that uh, we'll see the defense make plays. What they need to do is really what they haven't done in the last four games, at least what they had done before, was force a lot of turnovers. They've had four turnovers over four games, but three of those came against Clemson. You know, you they've really lived on those. So they have to be able to, you know, force this guy – force them into passing situations. they got to stop and run. And so when you do that, though, you've got to get the strip sacks. You've got to get the interceptions. And I think that's one thing we'll see because that's, I mean, this, that, that's what should happen, you know, with, with what they have going on at Cincy. So, you know, I think that's one thing that the fans should really look forward to is a really good defensive uh, performance. And I can see that happening for sure. We're talking with Keith Wynn here, the deputy editor over at Card Chronicle, about tomorrow's Fenway Bowl. Card's taking on Cincinnati 11 a.m. Uh, ESPN has the TV coverage. You know, we're not Malik Cunningham not playing in this game. Louisville's down three of its five scholarship running backs. Uh, you know, they're hurting a little bit up front. It's a Cincinnati defense that has been pretty good up front. We've also got reports of bad weather in Boston for the last several days. Could be some sloppy conditions out there. Does this? I mean, is it going to be a difficult task for Louisville to run the ball effectively against these guys, even though they they've had success against maybe some better defenses doing that this year? You know, I think, you know, I've, I've watched, you know, some of Cincinnati's games. They run a three-man front. They have a really good linebacker group. They, they're really good in the front seven. Uh, but there have been teams that have been run the ball really well on them. Tulane ran the ball against, against them really well a couple weeks ago uh, with a very good running back that they have down there. I think it's about whether or not this, this veteran Louisville offensive line uh, comes to play like they have most of the year. Uh, if they can really uh, block, the, block the run really well, I think Louisville, Louisville should be fine on offense. George Jordan has played really well, especially his last few weeks. He's kind of taken the reins as the as guy now. Uh, Maurice Turner has done well. Um, I think the thing is, you know, are we going to see an offense that really tries to control the football, uh, stays away from trying to get, you know, too much at once? Uh, that's some of the things we've seen with Brock Dome, the quarterback, where he's kind of trying to, you know, bite off more than he can chew. I think they just have to be patient and run the football. And I think if the offensive line plays well, uh like defense, yeah, very good defense, very, you know, very sound up front. But I think Louisville's offensive line can handle them. They've handled, you know, better defenses, at least in my opinion. If they show up, uh, which I think they will, I, I look at the offensive line the same way I look at the entire defense. You know, 
those two spots, the O-line and like that front seven on the defense, there are a lot of guys that have been here for a while, a lot of guys playing their last game, a lot of guys who decide to play in this game but they don't have to. I think they're going to show up ready to play, and I think the weather won't really matter as much as long as those guys all show up to play because that's where you really – the weather shouldn't matter as much when you're running the football. What, what, I mean, what the hell can we expect from this coaching staff? Do you, you've got this weird situation where you've got three coaches from the – the, the real staff, the the current staff from the 2022 season. You've got Dion Branch, who's not, you know, he's, he's on staff, but he's not technically an in-game coach. He's the interim head coach. You've got a bunch of quality control guys. Is there a chance that maybe they get loose, like try, try to run some crazy stuff? Just, you know, we've got, we've got nothing to lose here. Like, this feels like just such an odd setup where it's impossible to know what we're going to look like because we have never seen any of these people call a game. Yeah, I think, I think it's hard to know what they're going to do, but I, I know what I hope they do, which is I do hope they let it loose. I mean, have fun with this. I mean, they're, they're all playing with house money. Um, you know, I, and I, I wrote a post about, you know, an introduction to the guys that are coaching, uh, you know, and I, I think highly of a lot of those guys. A lot of them have been around for a while. Uh, a lot of them have been around, you know, back to when uh, Satterfield and staff were at App State. Some of those guys played for them. Uh, these guys, these are the guys that do a lot of the dirty work that, you know, you just don't really see. Putting the cones out, setting up practice stuff, uh, cutting up film, doing all the scouting work. Everything so that the coaches can walk into a room and be ready to, you know, meet with their team and things like that. So, you know, these guys know what they're doing um, from a standpoint of, you know, knowing what the offense is supposed to do, knowing what the defense is supposed to do, knowing the drills in practice, all those things like that. They know what to do. But the in-game stuff is going to be what we, you know, we just don't know, you know. But for me, I hope that, you know, Dion has, has kind of made it a point from his standpoint of how he's going to make those critical decisions on whether to go for it or not. Where they maybe fake a punt, fake a field goal, uh, and then and, and you know instilling in the staff the the aggressive mindset of you know guys let's let's go after it and make this fun for our players on their last week. This is this hasn't been fun for the last two weeks for a lot of these guys. Their coach left, and then they, you know they got they don't know if they're going to have you know their starting spot is going to be secure next year. If they're going to get you know a new guy coming in in the portal that maybe they weren't worried about with a new scheme coming in. This, this is, there's a lot of uncertainty and not a lot of fun, which bowl games are supposed to be. I hope that Dion takes the mindset of, like, let's, let's make this fun for these guys. Uh, and that's my expectation because, like I said, you're playing with house money. Go out and have some fun. It's a big weekend for Louisville football, obviously, because they have their bowl game being played. But it's a, it's a big reason. It, it's a big weekend for another reason, which is a gigantic recruiting weekend, the first big recruiting weekend of the Jeff Brom era. A ton of current commits are coming to you know reaffirm their commitment to meet the new coaching, uh, the new head coach, some of the new staff before early signing day happens next Wednesday. But you've also got some big time transfer prospects that are in town who could potentially help U of L out dramatically in the 2023 season. Tell people a little bit about the, the guys that we have coming in. I think we know the commits, but as far as these transfers who could you know, be plug-and-play guys for next season, who are you most excited about that's coming in town this weekend? Well, you know, it's hard, it's hard to go you know, further than Stephen Heron from uh, you know, Trinity. Uh, he's a transfer coming in from Stanford. Uh, this is his first uh, visit, at least that anybody's you know, known about, so I think it is his first, and hopefully it might be his last. I think he's, you know, he's looking for an opportunity to play. Louisville's obviously losing his Sierra Abdullah. Uh, and Yaya Diaby, two guys that kind of fit what he does as an edge player. Um, he's a little bit smaller, you know, more of a serious size, but he's played defensive end as well as outside linebacker, uh, a really good pass rusher. Uh, PFF, you know, pro football focus gave him 40 pressures this year. I believe for, for context, I think your series up there in like 55 or 60. Um, so obviously a guy that can, you know, come in and maybe supplant or, or replace 
you know, like I said, a plug and play guy for a year uh, to be a pass rusher, which, you know, Purdue's defense uh, this year and, and previous years hasn't been all that great with pass with, with rushing the passer. I think, though, that they really like to rush the passer with their four down linemen or their three or four down linemen. They don't like to bring a lot of extra guys. So if you can have a really good pass rusher up front, that allows their de- the defense scene that Ron English has to kind of do what you want to do. So I think he's a huge player uh, that I think they have a really good chance of getting. Another guy they have coming in that I'm really excited about is Davian Thomas. Uh, he is a guy who was actually committed to Louisville around this time last year probably and then be, be committed uh, before signing day. Um, you know, he's a burner. The guy is, you know, one of those 4-4 guys. Uh, fifth in the country right now in punt return uh, average. Doesn't get on, didn't get on the field a lot. Uh, as a receiver from Mississippi State, which is probably why he's in the portal. But what he showed as a punt returner is that that speed is, re- is real, but he also showed an ability to make people miss, run through arm tackles and things like that. So, you know, a lot of those speedy guys, you don't really know if they're kind of, you know, they're just speed only. He showed an ability to do more than that. I think he's looking for an opportunity to get on the field. Louisville needs a wide receivers. You know, no matter if, if all of these recruits are coming in or not, you need some guys that, are, that, that can really – uh, you know, add some depth to the position and to the room. And we saw this year, and we're going to see tomorrow, you know, losing a couple guys, there's just not a lot of options there. So bringing him in, I think he's a guy that I don't know where he stands from his recruitment. I'm sure that other schools want an SEC wide receiver who's, you know, fifth in the country in punt returns. But Louisville obviously has a little bit of an edge because he's been on campus before. Uh, and then, you know, you bring in Jeff Brom, who obviously has had a great track record in his offense with wide receivers. What would you? I, I think the the question that most fans are asking right now when it comes to the transfer portal revolves around the quarterback position. You've got Brock Doman coming back. It certainly sounds like he's excited to return to the U of L for another season. Caleb Johnson has already affirmed that he's going to be coming back, and now it sounds like we've got Pierce Clarkson locked in, the true freshman coming in. But Louisville still probably would like to go out and get a plug and play quarterback from the transfer portal. It's not going to be Austin Reed from Western Kentucky. What would you like to see? I mean, is there a name out there? I know you're just speculating at this point, but is there a name out there that catches your eye, like the type of player that you'd like to see Jeff Brom target and bring in for next season? You know, it's hard because I think there are just a lot of there are a lot of guys. I mean, it's really hard to nail down. I feel like it's 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 a it's an interesting spot for any program looking for a quarterback because there's like 70 or 80 quarterbacks out there, right? So I think what they, I think the main thing that you need to see, uh, at least in my opinion, you need a veteran guy that you know is going to be able to come in here and play immediately. Um, you know, I don't think you want to go for a guy that, hey, you know, he might be the guy or he might be in a, uh, you know, after spring practice, we'll see what happens over the summer and we'll see what fall practice brings. You know, you need a guy that's going to come here and, you know, you know he's the guy. Uh, I think Brock Dumman's played admirably. Uh, he's won two games that he started. But I think he's also shown us that he, he's not really uh, at the level that Louisville needs to be at quarterback. And I don't think you want to start a freshman uh, in a guy like Pierce Clarkson or even a redshirt freshman like Caleb Johnson who hasn't gotten on the field yet. So uh, I think you need a bridge guy. Um, so that was where, you know, uh, Reed from West, Western Kentucky would have been great because he's, you know, plug and play one year and it's kind of that one-year rental guy. Um, but I think there's, there's plenty of guys out there. I don't know if there's a single guy that has stood out to me that, hey, this is who they need to go after. Uh, but I do think that, you know, one positive that Louisville has going for, obviously Jeff Brom has gotten guys to the NFL from the quarterback standpoint. He's, his offense is quarterback friendly. And, you know, and I think that he'll have the ability to go out and really sell what he's trying to do very easily. So, you know, not only and, – and, and keep this in mind, the, the portal's open now. It's, you know, then you have, you know, it's, it, I think it, it, in mid-January, you know, that's when the, 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 uh, the portal – 
window closes or whatever, there's another one after spring practice. So you're going to have other opportunities to bring guys in that after the spring, maybe they lose a job. Maybe they're just, hey, I'm looking. Maybe they have a, co- a coaching change, and they're, they're going to give it to the spring, and maybe they don't like their offense. So you, you're going to have a lot of opportunities. You know, I, I just think the main thing is, you know, can he, as a guy who's had so much success with quarterbacks, uh, be able to sell a guy to come in? Uh, and I feel pretty confident he can. All right, last question before we get out of here. I know you were listening. We had Jeff Brom on last hour. Sorry, he bumped you a little bit. That's okay. Uh, we we, cool. we yeah. got to do what we got to do. Uh, <laughs> what stood out to you there about that? What he had to say with us? Yeah, you know, I think, you know, just first and foremost, I mean, he just, just comes off like a guy that just kind of is a football guy. You know, just, just regular old dude. And I thought that was really interesting. Because you get a lot of canned answers from a lot of coaches and a lot of, you know, kind of, you know, kind of over-the-top maybe fakeness. Uh, I thought that was really interesting because I haven't really spent a lot of time listening to his uh, his, his other media you know, stops and, and his press conference and whatnot. Uh, but I think the other thing was the the comment about being uh, willing and, and wanting a dual threat quarterback. You know, I think that is the type of thing you want to hear from a coach who's had a certain type of offense, especially offensive guys are typically very stuck in their ways. They're very hard to change. Uh, I thought his answer about you know wanting a dual threat quarterback being able to adapt to what college football is now, which is need the need for for a mobile quarterback, you know, he even brought up the NFL and that's what we're seeing obviously. So, you know, I thought that was interesting. I think that opens up the 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 possibility of some other quarterbacks that I thought would maybe not be interesting to Jeff Bottom and his offense. Maybe he's more willing to bring those guys in. And one thing I've noticed in a little bit of, you know, film study I've done of watching Purdue, they had some read option type of stuff that they didn't really run the read, but they had the read action. He's already got some things in his offense that I think he can adapt with what he does to bring in a dual-threat quarterback and add that running element like we saw, you know, to your point with Bobby Bertrand on how he adjusted his offense with Lamar Jackson. So there are some things that are really exciting, and his answer on that really really caught me off guard, to be honest with you, but it also was really nice to hear, and I think it's going to be something that we should be able to keep an eye on of how he goes about recruiting going forward uh, because what he has on his, on his, in his QB room right now or coming up with a guy like Pierce Carson, who can run that read option stuff. Caleb Johnson has a little bit of mobility. He has some, you know, maybe some things he can tweak his offense to fit what they do as opposed to the other way around. All right, he is Keith Wynn. Read his work over at Card Chronicle. It's going to get you ready for tomorrow's bowl game against Cincinnati. Keith, always appreciate the time, man, and uh, we'll be talking to you soon, I'm sure. All right, thanks for having me. Uh, Keith Wynn, great stuff as always, at Keith underscore Wynn on Twitter. Uh, Real quickly, I I loved... My favorite thing about the question about the dual threat quarterbacks was Jeff almost seemed defensive because, like, I didn't even mention, like, him playing. But you could tell, like, when he heard Bobby Petrino's style and, you know, pocket passing quarterbacks like you had with Brian a little bit, his first response was, well, I like to run. Like, basically, he was like, don't ever try to call me a pocket quarterback. Like, that, that was not me, even though it was just kind of implied. You watched the, you watched the game. He was super fast. Like, like, that was what everybody always talked about. Like, he's, like he's the first place ball player drafted out of Louisville. Because, you know, like I, when I was, I was at Trinity, when Brian was there, and people were always comparing. I mean, you imagine like, you're always compared to your brother. Imagine it like 17-fold for poor Brian, and everybody was always talking about, well, Jeff was the better overall athlete. He was much faster than Brian, and he could do things. And they're like, you've watched the old tape of Jeff, and he's just he's the fastest guy on the field wherever he was. And he was. And, and I like that he just, even though it wasn't a part of the question, he wanted to make sure that everybody listening knows, like, that was not me. Like, I'm a, I was a, a dual-threat guy before dual-threat was a thing. So, obviously, I have an affinity for running quarterbacks, and I'd love to coach one. Uh, I thought that was uh, an encouraging and, and well-thought-out answer. All right, folks. We have to go take our last break. <laughs> when we come back, you know what time it is.
It's uh, salad time. We're gonna get the video out. We're gonna make this happen. Yeah, I, I'm thinking maybe what if I do this? How about like I scoop back and I eat on this table, and then you can you can just sit and do the radio show from where I'm sitting, and also videotape me right behind me. I like that. Well, okay, don't don't say it like that. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we <laughs> you made a video, Mike. Stop. <laughs> we will make this happen after the break. I have. Before we do take a break, though, reminding you about uh, our guys over at First Bankers Trust, if you have financial needs, only one place to go here in the city, and that's First Bankers Trust, because they offer a wide range of services, including investment management, trust and estate services, philanthropic services, and financial planning, eating salad, making good on bets that make you eat salad, winning Fenway Bowls, winning national titles, making money, making more money, keeping that money. It all starts with one word, folks, and that word is trust. First Bankers Trust and FirstBankersTrust.com. We'll take a break. When we come back, it's salad time, baby. Keep it locked right here uh. on 1450 The Big X. Every now and then, you get a chance to stare down history, to stare it squarely in the face, and that's what's about to happen here. Before we get to Trevor eating a salad, though, going back to Kelly Dickey's stat about Louisville playing, tomorrow will be the eighth time that Louisville football has played a game inside a Major League Baseball stadium. You were talking about the Evitts Field game. Yeah. Texter brings up, he has our answers. Good. Louisville played LIU Brooklyn in 1940 at Ebbets Field. They Good lost 29-6. to they played uh, St. Louis, the Billikens, in 1928 at Sportsman's Park, and they lost 12 to nothing. Miami was... Uh, was St. Louis who- even have a football team anymore? Probably. Probably like a lower level. Are they low? I don't know. Either. Maybe. I, don't, I, don't, I have no idea. Okay. Texas, Miami, uh, he says Miami was who we played down in the Marlins Stadium. Also, Southern Miss was the St. Pete game at Tampa Stadium in the Bevo Brady's Bowl. Yeah, I knew that. We one. played Houston in the Astrodome and Cincy in Riverfront Stadium three times. We also played Temple in that game at Veterans Stadium in Philly. Uh, that was in 1983. Okay, I was gonna say no. Did we? Did we not? When we played Temple, the the, the Michael Bush breakout game. What was that? Not in. I think we played the. We, I think both. Oh, that would have been, been the, the link. Stadium. Yeah, that yeah. would have been in the link. You're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. All yeah, right. Because they opened the link in 2001, so or 2002. So, yeah. Yeah. You're right. I'm my bad. All right, we've got. Uh, we'll end the show. We'll make some predictions about tomorrow's game. But we, I mean, how are we going to do this now? You want me to come in there? Yeah, you want to come in. Do you want to film? Yes. Okay, then you come on in here. I, I don't like the way that you, this sounds, but yes, I'm coming in there to film. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to go in there. There we go. I'll leave your mic up in there just so when you're ready. Okay. All right, there's a chair right there. I'll let you grab it. Let me get. I'll slide over. What I'll do is I'll, I'm going to take my headset off so 
The, the TJ's face does just kind of freak me out, like right there. That's I don't, I don't like the, the look. It's creepy, isn't it? I'm rarely in this room. All right, so here we go. So I don't have a mic. Trevor Salad has arrived. He's got. Uh, this does not look like a good salad. I'm gonna be fully honest with you. Okay, good, because it's not just me. It, it smells like poo. Let me go start. Let me start filming here. All right, we've got the camera is rolling. This salad does not look good. Well, that doesn't make me feel comfortable. I think it's the it, – it's not a green district salad thing. I think it's the ingredients that we like. Are you going to put the dressing on? I want to taste the dressing individually. Okay. He's 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 going to dip a toe or a finger in this case. Actually, he's just going to put the fork into the dressing and taste it individually separate from the salad. How does that taste for you? Oh, he does not like it, folks. He does not – he does not like it. You've got to pour at least a little bit on the salad, though. Oh, boy. We're off to a terrible start. He's bringing a trash can. Oh, my God. He spit it out. Oh, my God. He spit it. We're off to a horrible start. Or if you wanted this to be, it may be a good start if you wanted this to go as poorly as it can. You got to drizzle a little bit of that dressing. Drizzle a little bit of the dressing on there, please. No. Can I eat it dry first? You got to drizzle a little bit. Can I try both ways? The dressing is part of the salad. Can I try the dressing? Can I put eat, take a bite and then put dressing on? Okay. Okay. I mean, I'll put dressing. It's still in there. Here we go. The first bite's coming. He's getting a piece of lettuce. It looks like. He's not going to go double chicken. There's not light on the shredded cheese. That's a that's a tough break for you. He's using his hands like a heathen. It's a big bite. He's going with a big bite here. This is going to be bad. He's, he's doing the sign of the cross with his left hand. Jeff, the love of all that is holy and mighty, this better produce a national championship. Here we go. He's giving a message to Jeff Brom. This is for you, Jeff. He says this is for you, Jeff. Here we go. The first bite. Oh, it's in his mouth. He doesn't look comfortable, folks. It's going, oh, oh, he's, he's putting more in. He's wincing in pain. He doesn't like it. He did, this is going just like we gave John solid food for the first time. It's going horribly. This is the longest anyone has ever chewed a bite of salad before swallowing it. Still in his mouth. Oh, my God. He may, he's going to spit it out. He's spitting it out of the trash. He may throw up. Oh, my gosh. He, he can't. Bite a weed. He couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. He could not swallow the salad. He had to spit it out. His system rejected it, folks. This is the most disgusting. Who eats this stuff? Oh, you almost cussed. What happens? This for fun. You couldn't even get a bite down. What, hap- oh. what happens now? Oh. Where's the chicken at here? He's going to try again. He's going to try to basically eat just a piece of chicken. It's cold. Oh, uh, well, yeah, it's a salad. Why, that, why would he eat cold chicken? Isn't that like. <laughs> and they would get you like. Stuff? The lack of salad knowledge is really coming back to bite him I here. Mean, cold chicken like would get you like what's well, grilled? Virus? It's grilled. It's not. It's not uncooked. Like who eats cold? Like what sociopath? This is strawberry. This is going even worse than he imagined it in his mind, folks. He's looking for just a plain strawberry with a small piece of cheese. Oh, this is bad. Strawberry. The strawberry. He likes the strawberries. He's basically eating a fruit cup. And trying to call it a salad. Now he's going for a grape. The lettuce and the cheese are the clear problem here. Actually, I think it's just the lettuce. Oh, no, the chicken's disgusting. And the, he does not like the chicken. Who eats cold chicken? Seriously. I mean, that's just nasty. 
All right, I think we can we can shut the video off at this point. I'll go one more lettuce bite. He's gonna try one more lettuce bite. Can he actually swallow it this time? Maybe, maybe just go light with the the lettuce. That's that's a, it's a smaller bite. You're a bit ambitious on your first go. And it's a big salad. It is a big. What am I, Lane? Here we go. The second bite. He's attempting now to eat a second, somewhat full bite of salad. He's got a big strawberry in there. He's chewing. You're chewing too much. You're, you, you're, you're getting the full taste. Is that a bad thing? Well, yeah, clearly. You don't like this. <laughs> you just spit the rest of it up in the trash can the last time you did this. This experiment has gone horribly awry. This will be the last time. I think we can say definitively after this. This is going to be the last time that Trevor Kelsey ever eats a salad. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. done. This is, he's put in. He made this promise to Jeff Brom. He's made good on it. He's making good on it. It's going horribly. He's never going to do this again. Although he did get the second bite went down. He's gaining confidence as he goes. This is very much a Louisville basketball situation where he started off 0-9. Can't wait till my Jersey he's excited for the Philly cheesesteak to get here. I mean, he's still not going with the dressing. I guess we're just going to let him... We're going to give him a pass on the, the dressing, the dip that we had at the beginning. Guys, it's... it's it's not good here. The carnage. The, the carnage is continuing to pile up. It's a sad, sad scene. It's a sad day for Big X Nation. The studio will never be the same. He's got, he somehow has spilled salad all over the table. How did I do that? It's, from, it's on the floor. It's on, his, it's on himself. It's on, the, it's on the table. We've lost Don't him. You hate life? I'm going I'm to go back in the main room now. I'm going to let you continue to pick at that. No, I'm going to chug that mellow yellow. Like He's going to chug a mellow yellow. I'm going back in the main room. It's a, look, it's a triumphant day a and a sad day at the same time. I'm not, no, you, dip, you dipped your <laughs> fork in there. I'm not taking the vinaigrette home. All right, I'm going back in the other room. Ah. I've returned to the main studio. Where it feels safe. I, I'll never look at that room the same way again. Why does anybody ever... Like, that, is, that is like right there would be like something out of Saw for me. Like, I can tell... I, like, I, would you eat that whole salad or chop off like your left hand to get... I would seriously consider... Being a righty, I would consider just losing the left hand. I'll be perfectly honest. I didn't think it was going to go nearly that poorly. Like, I, I'm kind of traumatized by what I just watched. I feel like I watched somebody... Face their worst fears, gravy, and then have those worst fears realized and like, like, almost solidified. Like, I, I think now I was hoping maybe you, you know, you'd fall in love with salad. <laughs> you'd become a salad guy. You know, occasional salad here and there, side salad before dinner. I don't think you can even be in the same room as salad anymore. I think th- this I, is one of those Maury Povich things. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I thought maybe I could get more of it down. I really did. I, I was feeling confident that I could actually. Eat some of that, and boy, was I wrong! Like that you legit was, spit out the first bite. It's so disgusting. It wasn't just for effect. I thought you were going to fall and throw up. <laughs> if I kept eating it, I might have. It was man. Anybody want a salad? Sadly enough, it's not the worst thing I spent thirty bucks on. <laughs> I've wasted thirty bucks on worse things. Oh man, I feel like your body just. I'm worried about what happens to you now at this point. 
I feel like your body just your system rejected. Oh, it's going to be a wild bowel movement tomorrow morning. Based on five bites of salad, yeah, my bites, and like three <laughs> tiny pieces of fruit. I will give you. I will say this: the uh, the, the the strawberries were good. You like the strawberries. I like the strawberries. I like the grapes. You hated the chicken. The chicken is just. You putrid. hated the lettuce. You hated the the, the dressing. The chicken might get the chicken might. Get, I mean, that's like salmonella, right? I mean, you're not supposed to eat raw chicken. It's not raw. It's cooked. It's just. But it's cold. cold. Things can be cold when you no, cook them. Like, if you grill a steak and you don't eat it and you put it in the fridge, it's going to get cold. Yeah, but I didn't want to put that in the fridge. Like if I want cold food, I'll just leave my pizza out overnight and eat it the next morning. Remember cold pizza on empty on, on, on of course, ESPN? Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, uh, that's but but uh, like the chicken, I don't want it cold. It was supposed to be grilled. If I'd gotten the pulled pork, would it have been cold? Probably, yeah. Oh, oh, it's it's inhumane. Like that should like eating having to eat that should be right below waterboarding and fingers and and uh, bamboo and uh, bamboo and the fingernails. Like that's where that ranks right there on my list of like torture. I feel like you like Jeff Brom a little bit less today than you did three hours ago. He made you do that. You know what? I, I just want to know that, that this is its all for you. Personally, I would have maybe rather jumped off the top of a building like in The Omen when saying that than eat that salad, but that's what it was for, man. It was, Jeff, that's thats how much we love you, buddy, and we needed you back home. And now I've slightly done my part. Please don't have your career here end up like my first bite of salad. Texture says, uh, big missed opportunity not having Sean Moth in studio to call that. <laughs> Could not be more accurate. That would have been glad. Texture says, why is this arousing me? <laughs> why is me tossing a salad arousing you? <laughs> Texture says, I don't think that counts as sa- eating a salad, but it was hilarious to listen to. I took, I took three bites. I got one of them down. The second one went way better. The first one was just a disaster. The first one, that took way too big a bite. Texas says, "How are you going to get him to eat a salad and let him order a vinaigrette?" Well, he doesn't like he doesn't like thick dressing. I thought he wanted something more light. That's that's light. Yes, lighter than like ranch and blue or blue cheese. That's thick. Thousand Island, and it's got just a nasty aftertaste. Ugh. Texas says, "This is the greatest moment in radio history." <laughs> Where's the video going up on Twitter? I guess I don't. I guess I don't. I, I'm. I almost want to spare the people from making it public. They sent it to TMZ or something. It's bad. <laughs> it, I, I, I Elon might kick me off Twitter. He's he's kicking everybody off. I may be the next to go. That's I may get flagged. It's 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 bad. <laughs> Texas Mike sounds like a mad scientist uh, recording experiment notes on the experiment that's about to kill him. It does feel that way. Texas said, "Oh, Scooter Dingus text said, uh, good thing I somewhat cleaned the studio today. Now Trevor's dropping salad everywhere.' I'm serious? I don't know how it's. I feel like I'm sand at the beach. Like how am I getting lettuce everywhere? Like there's it seems to be all over the place. I got it on my pants." I'm in front of my shirt. It's bad. Where where else is salad coming from? I, I don't know what happened. Texas, I just looked at the Green District menu. You could have gotten a spinach salad with bacon, goat cheese, strawberries, balsamic vinaigrette that would have tasted much better than the I... Frankenstein concoction that you came up with. <laughs> First of all, that does not sound better to me. Is the bacon going to be cold? How do I get a hot salad? You order like a hamburger? How does one get a hot salad? Is it possible? Like I don't want cold. Like I don't. I don't. Even I remember McDonald's used to have a crispy chicken salad where the chicken was was warm. Okay. McDonald's salads may have been the better move for you. Or maybe Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A salad is cold. Even the chicken? Yes. Well, can I just order like a twelve piece nugget on the side and just add it? I, I guess. I mean, it's done now. There's no debate. You're, you're never gonna go back. 
I mean, this is the last salad you're ever going to touch. I can't think of any coach other than maybe, yeah, you know, I mean, bringing Patino home. I don't know. I don't think that's going to happen. So I'm pretty safe there. Texas says my wife is listening. She thinks Trevor's a big baby. Yes, I am. Texas says fried baby chicken Huey. salad, TK. <laughs> Texas says has Trevor done the Anna de Beer song yet today? Oh my God! First, In first five Anna minutes. Be a baby. <laughs> first five minutes of the don't show. Don't you know that your aces are awesome? <laughs> In the end of the beer, darling, you're going to take down Texas and Omaha. Uh, Texas, and this is a perfect transition away from Salad Disaster 2022. <laughs> you can only have one tomorrow. Football beats Cincy, basketball gets its second win, or volleyball wins the national title. Which is it? For me, it's, it's easy. Oh, that really easy? Easy. 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 How enlighten me? What's so easy about it? Volleyball winning the national title is ten times more important than winning a. Let's be real. I'm, I'm going to make a big deal out of it if we win, but it's a meaningless bowl game in Fenway Park, all things considered. And Louisville basketball, look, it'd be embarrassing if they lost to FAMU. If they win, does it really change anything? Not if we're talking about like grand scheme, big picture stuff. No. the It's a national title now, now, game. Now, by picking this, though, are you gar- does that mean the other two are guaranteed losses? Um, either way. Like, In this scenario, let's say yes. Are you still sure. making it easy? Yes. Without question. It's, it's a national championship. You're right. You're right. And it should be easy. But part of me, just it's still, it's still hard not to... Well, I mean, trust me, I'm not rooting against the other two teams. Well, I get that. <laughs> we've never won. I feel like I'm, I'm broken record. We've never won a national title in anything besides men's basketball. You're at right. least at a team level, we've won individual titles in I think swimming and track and field and but, stuff like that. But, I mean, the snap to, to guarantee this Louisville winning streak continues in basketball. We need it so poor, badly. Trevor, and, I mean, I, I, it, it would you're be, right. It'd be bad. We're not making the NCAA tournament this year. <laughs> We're not going to look back and be like, well, at least we had that FAMU win in I our would say if we do, I'll address that salad, but that sure as hell ain't happening. I'm, <laughs> national title, I don't hesitate. I don't think twice about it. Yeah, you're right. I'm going to be with you, yeah. I, I'm, I can't make it. I can't say it's as easy a decision, but even though it should probably be. But I'm with you. I'm taking the volleyball. You're right. I mean, basketball is last on my list, if we're being honest. Like, football. Really? Yeah. I'll take a bowl game win over since just because I don't like Cincinnati and the keg of nails and all that stuff. Um, and ba- I mean, basketball. It'd be bad to take that much of a step backward after seeming to finally take a step forward on Wednesday night. But again, like, is beating beating FAMU is the difference between like it feels like at least right now, like maybe a seven win season and an eight win season, or a six win season and a seven win season. What does it really matter at this point? So <laughs> it'd be bad. I'm I'm not. I don't think it's going to happen. I'm certainly not rooting for it to happen. But I think it's less important than the other two options on the table. Texas, a lot of nice restaurants will do a warm bacon vinaigrette dressing. Hmm. I'm more worried about the warm meat. <laughs> no one. Somebody <laughs> saved that clip. <laughs> I'm more worried about the warm meat. I'm just saying. I mean, it's disgusting. <sighs> do you eat a cold hot dog? No. Do you eat, do you eat a cold burger? No. Texas says, "Congrats to Trevor." Now go get some Arby's, young man. He's already oh, got a, he's got a Philly uh, cheesesteak on the way. Yeah, more. I got I got a giant double meat chicken Philly cheesesteak from Jersey Mike's coming. <laughs> Look, he he planned this out. He knew exactly how it was going to play out, and it was he he was not wrong. He <laughs> covered all of his bases. I mean, I've never I, I now completely understand the Newman the Newman uh, uh, scene in in the Kenny Rogers restaurant. You know, I do like broccoli myself normally. Yeah. But, I mean, it's the vile weed it is. I mean, just, 
Of course, he takes shots of honey mustard after that, which is disgusting. <laughs> that does sound disgusting. Ugh. I never had. I was because of that show, because of that episode. I've never got to, but I always kind of wanted to try Kenny Rogers. Just because of the Seinfeld episode? Yeah, just because of the Seinfeld episode. Because I never, I never knew what Kenny Rogers was even when about the time I'd seen that episode. I didn't either. I, I, mean, no I, I thought it was made up for the show. Yeah, I never. Yeah, same here. Texas says that you should have gotten a chicken finger salad from Rafferty's with hot bacon dressing. Bacon dressing? Hot bacon dressing. Does that mean the dressing tastes like bacon? I would assume it's not just a clever name. Well, that would have been, yeah. Why'd I go to some salad organized place? Yeah, you. <laughs> Again, we love Green District Salad. They're the official salad of UofL. Yeah, that's great for UofL, but not for Trevor. No. I mean, <laughs> it's not the official sound of Trevor. That's for damn sure, unless they want to pay me. If we win all three tomorrow, if we're celebrating wins over Cincinnati, Florida A&M, and Texas, you will have known that it's all it's all worth it. Now, you haven't been eating anymore since we made the move. For that. Are you just done? You oh, feel God, like, yes. You feel like you've done your duty. I'm taking either, I'm either, that's either going home to mom tonight after I get done with the high school game, or that's just going to get thrown out in the yard and let the uh, birds have it. Uh, Scooter Dingus says, you didn't like that salad, but you enjoy broccoli. Make it make sense, TK. Uh, well, broccoli, you've got to, well, first of Douse all, not cheese? raw broccoli. But no, no, as long as it's it's steamed. I'll eat steamed broccoli. I am surprised that you like broccoli, given the, the fact that you're, now, you're, we'll your put, body literally revolted when it was introduced to, to salad just now. Now, I, I do. I will put cheese on my broccoli, but I, I, it's got to be steamed. I can't eat raw broccoli. And I won't eat green beans. Green beans make me nauseous. I don't like green beans either. My grandfather, my grandfather made green beans every day when I was a kid to the point where by the time I was like five, now just to look to, to think about eating a green bean makes me nauseous. He just, he, oh, he just, just overdid it so much on me. You ever had that happen as a, when you were a kid? You eat something? Oh, yeah. So much, and now to this day, you can't even touch it? Yeah, for sure. I can't think of what it was. I know there's something, even more recently, there was something that I ate a lot. I feel like when I it was in my like early 20s, late teens, and just now can't do it anymore. Yeah, just, just the thought of it just makes me, yeah. Ugh. All right, prediction time. Three games tomorrow, three big ones. Oh, yeah. It's a trio. Three's the magic number. We'll start with basketball. Florida A&M. Cards are probably going to be, I don't know, 11, 12 point favorite. Give or take, I'd say. That sounds about right. Are we going streaking? Does this team pick up its second win in a row? Somebody cue up Ray Stevens, my friend. You still don't get that reference, do you? No. No. Because they call me the streak. Yeah, that's right. It's cute. Let's do it. Let's go streaking. Louisville wins this game, and they will win by 18. I think they're going to win big, too. Like, I, I really 18. do. So if the line is below 17, hammer it. I actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm right there with you. I almost was going to say 18. I'll, I'll, I'll actually, we'll go. We're in lockstep here. I'm going cards by 18. 78 60. They roll. We're not, no, no, we're not getting too overconfident, right? No. Off of one win. It was because it wasn't like we snuck by by the grit. Like, we dominated. The, the grit of our teeth. Yeah, we controlled that game against a Western Kentucky team that is. Look, we're going to win. I've been probably saying it for weeks. near as good as us and definitely better than FAMU. We're going to win. I'm picking volleyball next because I'm the most excited for volleyball tomorrow. I, I am excited too, actually. Yeah. I think they're up against it a little bit. I think Texas is a juggernaut. They've been here before. Not you know they've been in the national title games before. They haven't won a title in tw- since 2012. They're the number one overall seed. They've been the best team in the country this season. I I don't think we're going to get like blitzed, but they are very very good. I'm going to say we lose in five sets. I hope to God I'm wrong. Would love you know rub it in my face if I doubt DBK again and, and you know they pull this thing out. But I think they. I think they end the national title game. Now, Texas doesn't have like a, a front line, like a WNBA front line, do they? they? Well, they've got the national player of the year. Wait, is she, like, is she yeah. like seven she's, foot, like she's Wisconsin's big. team? Or? She is large. She's not, she hasn't, she's, she's thinner, but she is 
Very tall. Very tall. I mean, yes. that was that was obviously was an issue with Wisconsin. Should have been. I mean, when you've got like three seven footers out there yeah, in the women's they volleyball, were, they were large. She's uh, very very good. So that does worry me a little bit. But you know, you talk about experiences. Louisville's had the experience. They had it last year as well, and and got close. And, and unfortunately, you know, got to to taste that, and then but and it got spit out like that salad first bite of mine. I think that they've learned from that. Texas obviously does have a history, but that just means that. Doesn't mean anything to me. Tomorrow there will be history. I say Louisville wins their first national championship. Love and, it. Uh, it. Doesn't even go five. I, I still goes five. I say he goes five. Louisville wins fifteen to twelve. Love it. Yeah, Logan Eggleston is her name, by the way. She's the she was the national player of the year last year as well, and she's and she like well, how about Louisville? Louisville doesn't. I mean, Kong's probably what like six one maybe. Yeah, she is. Eggleston is six two. Is that our tallest? Or is that their tallest? I don't know, but she's. Oh. She's up there. She's okay. very good. Um, they've got some. They, they, they are, they're large. They're very good. All right. I mean, Fenway Bowl. Like I said, seven, like, I'm not kidding. When Wisconsin had two, like, seven, six, eight girls on their team. They got, some, they got some big women. Yeah. Fenway Bowl tomorrow, 11 a.m. kickoff. ESPN's got the TV coverage. It's a difficult game to predict because it's such a unique situation. Yeah. But what are you going with here? Are we celebrating with the keg of nails tomorrow afternoon? Uh, I... I'm going to be a blind homer optimistic here and say Louisville wins this game tomorrow. Uh, you can, you know, up your nose with the rubber hose sat, sit on it and rotate. Any other uh, 1950s smack talk I can throw at you, and I will. <laughs> it's like I'm watching an episode of Welcome Back, Carter, over here. Uh, yeah, but Louisville wins this game. I'm going to say a low scoring, it's sloppy. Apparently, there's going to be rain. Uh, I'm going to say Louisville wins uh, 16 to Ooh, 10. I like that. I'm saying the same. I'm saying a little bit more scoring than you are, but I think it is sloppy. Some turnovers on both sides. Defense kind of ru- runs the day, but Jawar Jordan goes off. Maurice Turner gives us some big time signs for the future. Cards win 23 19. I'll go Maurice Turner for MVP. I like that. Bold prediction. All right, let's get three victories tomorrow. Let's have a big time right, weekend. Let's wrap up a. This will be a perfect Woo! week from Sunday to Saturday. Let's get it done. Do it. Beat Cincy. Beat FAMU. Beat Texas. Let's go, Cards. We'll see you guys Monday morning at three or Monday afternoon at three o'clock. Why do I feel this way? Why does she stay on?